1: <laughs> Hello and welcome to Top I'm Charlie Clausen.
0: I'm Will Anderson. I, I I went for a walk before we, I came to do the podcast. I thought I should
1: get some exercise in. Is that why you're dressed in the Michael Jordan? Yeah, and I got shorts.
0: And <laughs> yeah, if people want to picture, uh, the recording today uh, in the Tofop Towers, <laughs> um, basically, uh, I'm dressed in a pair of
1: Michael uh, Jordan uh pascal shorts i love your commitment to early 90s branding yeah <laughs> like, so where, you, didn't, you couldn't find your hyper color t-shirt or? i
0: don't understand any marketing after that
1: <laughs> is it more a thing that you couldn't afford that kind of gear when you were a teenager so now as an adult with money you are indulging that is that what it is amy did make a comment about it the other day like you know when some, something's obviously been on
0: somebody's mind for a while and eventually it comes out as a crack and you didn't realize that you would become that guy. Mm. But I have become a guy that pretty much 95% of the time, certainly that she sees me, <laughs> I dress purely for comfort. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And so I will spend an entire day, like I'll get in my gym shorts in the morning and go to the gym. Mm. And then when it's time to have a shower at night, I'm in my gym shorts.
1: Yeah, that's my favorite. I mean, you're not a nudist though, are you? Like I'm a nudist when it, when it's summer, like if I don't have to put clothes on, I won't. No. And Gemma like, and I kind of have the feeling that if I'm in my own house, cause Gemma's always worried that what if someone catches you through the window or, you know, you know, someone sees you in the backyard or something. I'm always like, well, it's my house. I don't fucking care. Like I don't worry if anyone sees me nude. I'm not self-conscious about that.
0: Here's my problem with being nude all the time. All right. How do you know when you're not masturbating? <laughs> Because at least normally when I'm around the house by myself, I can differentiate those two things by me having clothes on. You don't want to <laughs> but if I'm nude all lines. the time. Like I'm I'm going into the house to do something and I brush against something and suddenly I'm masturbating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't like Do you not know, but do do you associate nudity with sexiness? Like if you were just walking around nude Not my it, own nudity. No, right. <laughs> Well, what about, so what about your girlfriend's nudity? Does that, you associate that, like if she walks around nude, is that immediately like... Yeah, Yeah. definitely. You don't want to lose that,
0: dude. I'd like to keep a a line between sort of, I mean, obviously, there's some functional nudity there as well. Mm. But I'd like to keep a line of like, you know, I don't like
1: to watch the other person shoot. Yeah, no, 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 no. None of that sort of stuff. Uh, That's weird couples who do that. Yeah. I just, I don't, there's some boundaries I don't ever want to cross. Yeah. And that is one of them. Like anything expelled... Well, I guess apart from childbirth, but anything expelled from that region of the body, I don't necessarily want to see. You want to see even childbirth? I don't think I want to see. No, but you're
0: there for people. Like no one wants to see anything expelled from the body, but that is a line of where you're there for someone. Like which is like if they have to, if they're in a situation where shit is coming out of their body and they need help you need to be there and you need to put that shit aside. Yeah, 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 And that is like if they're vomiting, if they've got some sort of uncontrollable like stomach bug or if a baby's coming out of them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you, you, know, you have to be there. You're not like, that's not something you're choosing to do. On your off nights, you're not like, love, I love seeing a baby pop out of you so much. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to pop down the hospital to the viewing room and watch babies pop out of other people. I just love shit coming out of shit. So like, I love pop guns when I was a kid, yeah, yeah. and I was obsessed with it. I love champagne bottles coming out, and I babies love babies getting popping the shower,
1: out. toothpaste, just everything, squeezing stuff out of an orifice. Uh, pimples. I'm obsessed with pimples. Were you? Were you? Did you like squeezing pimples? That was one thing that also grossed me. I could squeeze my own, but I used to have friends who would squeeze other people's pimples, and that makes that's to me that's just disgusting. Yeah. Who wants someone else's pus on you? Even if it's on your fingernails. Uh I. I'd rather than squeeze it and it be gone, but I don't want them to delight. Oh, I don't. I don't Some people s- delighted in it, but you would never some squeeze someone Some people would like else's... rub oil into the other person. Oh, like they were like, oh yeah, you know,
0: wait, <laughs> getting really excited. <laughs> oh, a couple for a of big guys, or something. here it comes.
1: Did you have bad acne when you were a teenager? Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's kind of fucked because in my family, it seemed to sort of skip siblings. Like some would have bad acne and some wouldn't. Kind of like height as well. Like. Yeah. Everyone in my family is relatively kind of normal size, except for my brother Matthew, who's six foot three and really well built. And I, as a kid, I was like, "Want to get those jeans? Like, come on, come on, no whammies!" And then, fuck no, I got 5'10 <laughs> and slenderly built. I got my sister's physique. Yeah, my brother and sister both have red hair and freckles, mm. and I got acne.
0: So I felt like that was a yeah, yeah, that's a win win. <laughs> yeah,
1: acne you can get a cream for. <laughs> No, well, I haven't met your sister, but your brother's not like a noticeable ginger. Like he's almost like he he could get away with saying I'm auburn
0: Oh yeah, no they both. But wear, he has got
1: freckles. They both the wear skin. their hair well though. They both look good with
0: it. Yeah. Um. No, I had. Uh, uh, I didn't have like the worst face acne. I had bit pimples and stuff, but I had backne acne, and crackne and Sacney. No, <laughs> I didn't have those other ones. But did uh, you ever
1: use that Pfizer hex?
0: That, yeah, there's like I used whatever
1: acid man. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that, I mean, I know there's a lot of, uh, a lot of um, uh, products in the pharmaceutical industry that are just fucking bullshit. Yeah. But surely, like, are those uh, over-the-counter acne creams are the biggest load of bullshit. Because teenagers get pimples. Like, it's just, isn't that part of kind of the biological process? But it's the greatest thing
0: that you want to avoid.
1: Yeah. Like it's the biggest someone, fear of a teen. If
0: someone can come up with a cure for pimples, that
1: is a fucking, people will pay whatever for that. Well, there is. Like, you can take a prescription cure for it. Did you ever see anyone take one of those? a couple of kids at my school, and it was brutal, man. But they were
0: normally like those kids who like already looked like they were in that, that movie mask, M- mask, yeah, you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> the <full>
1: face. I <laughs> mean, like, no, because I'm, I
0: feel sorry for more those like things. Freddy Krueger. But like those Freddy people Kruger. had
1: got like yeah, but worse, and it's not your fault. I had a mate uh, who had really bad acne, and he went on that super serum. The uh, we'll call it the Captain America people green. Yeah. <laughs> he got injected with super serum, and over six weeks, his face practically fell off. Yeah. Like it was like he was melting. He yeah. had a huge chunks of fucking skin hanging off his cheeks but then when he got through it he looked fine like he looked good it actually worked for him but i think it was really i remember being him saying it was really expensive like a couple hundred bucks a dose or something like that and you've got to do it over six months but it worked for him all right well i'm not one of those people i don't like to see things pop out of people i don't like vomit
0: i don't like you know i've talked about this before like i just am not one for not a scatological dude no so that demarcation is fine. So nudity, I think, does have a, like a, a sexual element to it. And like I have a nude beach near my house.
1: Oh, that's... Yeah, that's Which right.
0: I actually went by on this walk that I went on today. And it's, it's a nude beach, mm-hmm. like a legal nub, nude beach. Is it one, one... Yeah.
1: Is it mainly gay guys that go to that one? Well, it's mainly guys. Mainly guys. Like... You'd assume they'd be gay though. It is a red-letter day when
0: there's some like hot, nude European girls down there. Yeah, yeah. And it happens, yeah, right. and they hunt in packs. <laughs> so, like, some days when you walk by, because there's no way, I mean, not I would look anyway. Like, even if I had to go out of my way a little bit to look, I would go and look. Yeah. Do you do a full
1: stair, or is it more of a sideways? But, but you
0: don't need to, because, like, this place is literally on display to the path, and there's a viewing area up the top, like a literal, you know, sort of hexagonal, shaped you know they're put in pavers like whatever so that you can view the nude beach so you i mean i probably stretch there more than i would stretch
1: at any other time on the walk but i have a look you know are you entitled to privacy if you go to a nude beach as in like from people who aren't nude do you think that's a fair argument no
0: it's like one of those um it's got a you know it's got a sign at the top of the stairs you know that's got that sort of you know abandon all hope you're <laughs> <laughs> answer it is riddles three yeah, that's right. <laughs> Raise a, the kraken. There's a lot of fucking raising the kraken. There's, <laughs> a, there's a lot of cock rings. Oh well, no, heaps. Yeah, right. And nipple heaps piercings of cock rings. and shit like that. So is a cock ring through the head or through the? Nuts oh like no, it? I mean, I don't know. What? Are, uh, what are the names of those things? Prince that Albert. They're like no, no, not oh. the piercings. Oh right, right, right. There's a lot of those. Um, they look like a, uh, you know, the
1: top of. They look like what you put on your tap. I've never what you see. You see cock rings at nude beaches. Yeah. So, like, you know, Isn't they're the cock ring to sustain an erection. Yeah. And there's heaps of people walking around with them.
0: What? How like they've got a collar on their cock. That distance. Oh, easily. How it's big are their ditch,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Chaplin goes strolling by. Yeah.
0: <laughs> One's got a light in the end.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's trying to just stop ships
0: from <laughs> crashing into the rocks.
1: That's not a cock ring, it's a hula hoop.
0: Yeah. Um, no, no, no. They're like, uh, I mean, they're just, you know, you can see. Really? Yeah. What kind of nude? Otherwise, like is it
1: a hundred meters we're talking
0: from the cliffs no. to the beach? No, I wouldn't 50. even be hundred meters. Like less than
1: fifty meters. All right? Yeah, because I up, still don't reckon I could pick a cock ring from fifty meters. Well, when somebody's not wearing anything else, I can't find else. my wallet when I'm in the same fucking room as it.
0: If you had it hanging from your cock, you could. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe that's what they're for. Maybe that's the thing because they can't they have to have somewhere to keep their wallet yeah,
1: right. while they're nude. That makes sense actually, because yeah. you're at the beach, you've got no pockets. Yeah. So you put a cock ring on and yeah. then you can just like clip yeah. your keys to it or that's something. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. The locker key. I'd
0: love to see that. <laughs> Imagine if hidden in the bushes there was all these lockers. Yeah. And they just like they get the key, they
1: put their cock ring on. <laughs> And that's how we wear them. It'd be great too to see someone walking down the beach and just like you know, just seeing hearing that jingle of keys under their scrotum. <laughs> it actually matches the area it's attached to. There's um so the, there's a like a, a beat area. So
0: even though so there's the beach, mm. which is frequented by like men and women, but then there's like the bushes, um you know, at the top off the park. which
1: is frequented by miserable
0: married men in their forties. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and they're all lovely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a community we have um no it it, so you do see so there's a long piece of path and this is the bit that i find really interesting is that there's a long sort of uh piece of path and off into the left is where people disappear into the bushes and there's paths and stuff but you have to kind of you know they go through the bushes yeah so this is there's two types of people there's the ones who linger suspiciously waiting until you've walk through to go yeah, right. and round the corner where you can't be seen
1: anymore and then like duck into the bushes then there's the other ones sorry pardon my ignorance so it, within the bushes right so if you break left into the bushes yeah. what are you going to find in the bushes just men sucking each other off and shit yeah okay. and and teddy bears having a picnic okay so if you're waiting out in the corner and you're not waiting for a guy to hook up and go in together you can just go in and hopefully there's a few lying around or something they don't have a sign that explains those rules unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> abandon all hope <laughs>
0: Uh, no, that, uh, but I assume like, and you can see like some of what's going on, so I, I think I have a reasonable idea. Um, so you actually see like, s- like sex or hi- hints of nah, sex? No, the kind of, yeah, hints of sex.
1: Like what? Like is it like a priest doing push-ups in long grass?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, literally, it's that sort of thing of like you see. So from the bit that you, where you can see where the beach is, yeah. if you look over, you can see the more sort of outgoing people okay. who just go out and stand nude. Yep. You
1: know talking to each other and whatever, like, you know. Yeah. Like, they're the a, open. like they're a housemate on Big Brother. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen a group of people just so willing to fucking strut around in their nude, yeah. in their underpants and Big Brother?
0: It's like, it's really tribal because they're standing up on a cliff too. Yeah, right. So they're kind of just nude. Yeah. They might as well have some sort of stick in their hand and like, and... I quite like that. I like that
1: idea. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't do it. I'm a house nudity, nudity guy, but I like the idea of being nude in nature and stuff and, you know, walk around with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> And something in my hand. Yeah, <laughs> and,
0: and and you can swim at any time, which is the yeah, good that thing is about good. it. Yeah, like it is one of those things where I do notice people. They just blend the idea they were they're on the beach and then they're suddenly standing around waist deep in the water just talking to each other. Yeah, being nude, yeah, being cool with it.
1: Yeah, Um but yeah, up the top. Of, yeah, so you it, see, you so you see hints of sexual. You activities. see hints.
0: Yeah, so they may. I could. I could be making all this up. in my So head. if
1: you're on the stand, but, you yeah. know, some guys. Some two, two guys have been charged with public indecency and you've been called in as a witness. Yep. Um, describe one of the things you've seen that makes you think that you know, they're engaged in sexual activity.
0: Oh, okay. So, um, Your Honour. Start with Your Honour. <laughs> your Honour. <laughs> your Honour. Uh, one day when I was out for my regular walk past this part of the world, I noticed something more suspicious than usual. Uh, at the top of the cliff, there is what could be best described as a cave and or a lookout. I saw one nude man go into the cave or lookout. Then, briefly afterwards, I saw another man go into the cave or lookout. The two men then did not emerge. For quite some time. I waited around for an hour and a half. (laughs) It's very hard to stay hard that long. Luckily, I had a cock ring <laughs> with my key attached to it. Uh, yeah, and just a lot of kind of, like, suspicious lurking would yeah, be yeah. the best. You know, like, when you can tell
1: you're not sure why someone's lingering, but they're lingering. There is something, too, about men. Like, when you get checked out by a dude, like, it's you, there's no... Like, you know, like, you can be across, like, a a room of 400 people. And if a guy is making those eyes at you, you fucking know, man. It's very predatorial. Like, only a few times has a woman ever looked at me like that. But when a fucking dude looks at you like that, it's like, oh, back in high school.
0: (laughs) And suddenly you're like, oh, my God, I see what women are terrified about. Yeah, totally. We're horrible.
1: (laughs) I totally advise any fucking dude. You know, who doesn't understand, like, you know, why women get up in arms about fucking sexism, whatever, just go to a gay club for about an hour and see how you feel when you walk out and you're being totally objectified. Because that's
0: not a gay thing, that's a man thing. Like, that's what men do, you know? It's just that in that situation, there's two men. So it's amped up. But that's it. (laughs) They've just got double the baggage they bring into the table. We've all got it. (laughs)
1: I remember uh, when I was like 19, I was working for a theatre company in Melbourne and they used to do outdoor shows. Do you know uh, the and Lee Estate in Melbourne? Yeah. It's a beautiful old heritage building with these grounds. And so, When I used to DJ weddings, I used to DJ a few weddings. Did you used to DJ weddings?
0: Yeah. Oh, what was your DJ name? No, I no, It was like just for some sort of, you oh, know, uh, party posse. Wiki Wiki
1: Will or something like that. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, I didn't have like a DJ name, but like... It was, I know, but
1: you had one of those portable DJ yeah, things. Yeah, it was Basically, a mobile DJ. Yeah, it's like a book full of CDs and like uh, sleeves, yeah? yeah? Yeah.
0: I wasn't mixing. No. Well, only that... that but you didn't give yourself a only that, the, the, it last, the last sort of note of... Um, uh, this was my best one that I would do, is the last note of Brian Ferry's uh, Let's Stick Together is the exact same note as the first note of the Beatles' Twist and Shout. So you could make that sound like it was a really
1: smooth mix. Yeah, but I don't. So so essentially, you just press play (laughs) on another CD when the previous one was ending. Yeah,
0: but they sounded like they mixed (laughs) together, and that was my one thing that I would consider a mix. Um, But uh, no, it was. So I did lots of weddings there. I did uh, DJ with a girl whose name was Belinda Carwell. Really? Yeah.
1: Not not the singer, clearly. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Yeah, that's right. For a while. So did you DJ at like a gay nightclub? Is that where this is going? No, no, oh, right. no. Sorry, at, Rip-
0: at Ripon Lee. Oh, Ripon Lee. Yeah. That's
1: right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So at Ripon Lee. Um, uh, so it's a beautiful lot of state, and it's got these grounds around and uh, people just go in there and they wander around. They have picnics, that kind of stuff. But this uh, theatre company was putting a show in the grounds. And uh, one of my jobs is just to sort of wrangle the audience. So they'd come down, they'd sit down and, you know, they'd move around the grounds and watch the actors. Yeah. There were these two guys that looked like junkies. They were really skinny. They you know, were in tight jeans and like sort of T-shirts. Just looked really, really kind of dodgy. And I sort of kept an eye on them because they were sort of hovering around the audience but weren't really sort of like partaking or watching the show. Anyway, they disappeared to the toilets. I watched them walk in the toilets, which is sort of on the grounds, which not where they should be. So I followed them in there and like I have pushed the door open and I just heard this sort of like scuffling. And I don't know, maybe I was naive. I was like, oh, they're doing drugs. So I've gone back out and I've got the security guard who works at the grounds and said, I think two guys are shooting up in the toilets. So we went back in and we kicked the door open and one guy was getting a blowjob from another guy. They were
0: doing drugs, Charlie. A, a drug called
1: crack. <laughs> but the best bit about it was we literally like, well, the security guard forced the door open and we saw one guy on his knees and another guy getting a blowjob. And rather than sort of like, oh, I'll get embarrassed or something, oh. they just fucking slammed the door in our faces and kept going. And we were both so freaked out. We didn't fucking argue. We just kind of left. Uh, (laughs) Oh, they uh, said fine. (laughs) I didn't do anything.
0: (laughs) Uh. So, okay. So I went on this walk today, uh, nude beach aside. um, And down, uh, so there's this kind of public beach, but there's only sort of, I would say six or seven houses that like go onto this, you know, public beach. And so it's an amazing, you know, view out onto the harbour. Yeah. And, you know, like the houses there on the beach are just
1: unreal. Mansions.
0: Right. So I've gone past one of them today mm. and they're having, like, what I could only describe as an entourage-style party. Like, so the public beach is down the front. But upstairs they've got, like, you know, people doing – like, they've obviously got a DJ. There's heaps of people, like, you know, at a party. Like, I don't mean heaps, like – hundred people or whatever but they've got like guys dressed as lifeguards you know helping out at the pool possibly lifeguards uh (laughs) you know and and there's like people doing tricks and stuff and i was like oh my god like what time of the day was this thursday afternoon right so people just having a party (laughs) just people having a party wow that and is it, entourage. It was such an awesome party that I was like, why am I not at this party? <laughs> like, I was literally walking by. No cock ring, no entry. I was trying to get, like, I was like, how, how can I get invited to this party? I'm on TV. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm on TV. I'm, I can add some celebrity appeal. I literally thought party. about that. Yeah, yeah, right. I literally thought
0: about going. Uh,
1: Dropping your I'm own here name. For
0: the party. <laughs> I'm here. In your Michael Jordan yeah. shorts. <laughs> I'm uh, Michael Jordan. So, as
1: you can tell from both my sneakers and my, my shorts. <laughs> this, uh, this Australia day, I, um, I went down to have a barbecue at Tamarama. And for those not living in Sydney, a very famous walk is from Bronte to Bondi. It's a cliff walk, basically. Yeah. Beautiful over the ocean. And there's a couple of little beaches on the way. It's where they do the sculptures by the sea, yeah. and there's also a bunch of beautiful houses on those cliffs. And uh, I was walking down to Tamarama to meet my friends for an Australia Day birthday uh, barbecue, yeah. and uh, as I'm walking past this house, I see this party in progress on the balcony, and it's like a bunch of dudes sitting around, and there's one guy like playing acoustic guitar, and he's doing like um, he's singing like Noise Works, and I was like laughing, and I kept going, going, isn't it hilarious? Like there's always some fucking dude at a party busts out a guitar and plays like the worst fucking music ever. So I get down to the barbecue and was hanging around for a bit and then um, our mate Bernie turns up yep. and I said, where have you been? He's gone, I was just at a party on a balcony back there and I was like, oh yeah, I walked past, I heard some guy singing Works," And he's gone, yeah, that was John Stevens. <laughs> it, it,
0: that's not the conversation we had that led to us talking about Noise Works on this podcast, no, was it?
1: <laughs> no, but he is a favourite of ours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's he funny. went to
1: a party and busted out his own. I mean, do you do that? Like, I know a lot of musicians. I've never hung out with you when you started doing your routine. I don't think you've ever even, like... When I go see your stand-up shows, I don't think I've heard those jokes kind of in conversation. No. You I, keep it fairly separate, yeah? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like it's, yeah. Funny, it's funny, Charlie. It reminds me of uh, this one time.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one of those things where... That, uh, and that's what I always say to people. Like I could never meet a friend who liked, you know, liked me for my show because... If you expect that I'm going to be like that, like if this podcast has proved nothing else, Charlie. <laughs> you are dull the- and uninteresting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am not that funny or interesting or smart. Um, that's the, I always say to people, that is the 70 minutes of the most interesting, funny, and well-presented ideas that I have for the year. Yeah. If I say or have anything better than that to say, In my real life? No. It's not in my real life. It's in the show. Because the show pays for
1: shit. My real life pays for fuck all. (laughs) That's why I'm so amazed when people meet actors and they're like, oh, he was really dull. And it's like, yeah, the words that you hear him speak have been written by someone else. That's not his personality. And he's pretending to be someone else. Yeah.
0: If you'd asked him to remember something he probably would have been good at that. And if you'd asked him to stand precisely in the same place over and over again, he would have nailed the shit out of that.
1: (laughs) And if you'd asked him to make a sex tape or take a photo of himself nude in the mirror, he'd probably do that. He probably could have done that. But, mate, no part of his job involves him being a
0: scintillating conversationalist.
1: We were in Tribeca last year, and um, that's Bobby... Bobby... Bobby De Niro's festival, Robert yeah. De Niro's festival. He's a mate of yours, Bobby. Yeah, he's a mate of mine. We, yep. got, a, we got a photo with him. Yeah. And that was like that. I mean, that was stalking. <laughs> we went to this party because he, he turns up at some of the functions and I saw him and, well, actually Gemma saw him and I was like, quick, attractive young blonde, quick, get, go over and stand with a guy. And so we okay. ran, we, we sent, she ran over and uh, I just found someone with a camera. We didn't have a camera there. And I just asked a guy if he could take a photo of us and then you know, send it to us. And as we went round to stand next to Bobby De Niro, I, t- I saw him cupping my girlfriend's buttocks, just very, you know, not kind of over the top, but he was sort of rubbing the small of her back and yeah. then he just gave her, her ass a very gentle squeeze when I walked up. And I was like, have got to give you a pass on this one. <laughs> <laughs> You've made too many good movies. Like, if it had been Rob Schneider, yeah, okay, maybe some shit would have started, yeah. but I'm going to give Bobby De Niro. He can squeeze my girlfriend's ass. How many
0: squeezes of your girlfriend's ass would you... No, okay. Based on, uh, uh, Bobby... Your yeah. mate, Bobby De Niro, being one of the greatest actors of
1: all time. Quite likes Melbourne from uh, my 15-second conversation with him. Right. okay. Well, that's good.
0: Um, if uh, Bobby De Niro came to you and said, like, uh, I know you're a big fan of mine. We're um, uh,
1: <laughs> we talking indecent proposal. Yeah,
0: his indecent proposal for you is, like, that he wants to do whatever you will let him do with your girlfriend. Like, what would you... Uh, and now, this is obviously all predicated on the idea that she is totally fucking into the idea and yeah, cool yeah. with it. Yeah. You know, nothing. nothing's against her.
1: Yeah, there's no real hypnol.
0: She's, she's like, no, I'm in for this, mm. but you've got to tell me how far you're cool with Robert De Niro going.
1: Yeah. It, what am I getting in return? A million dollars, I think, was a decent proposal.
0: I've got a better one. Here we go. All right. So, Robert De Niro <laughs> sees your film. Yeah. Right? You wrote it. Jem directed it. He loves it. Yeah. Right. He comes over. He says, "Look, every year at the festival, we pick the film that we like the most, and we take it out there and we produce it, and we, you know, we we put it in the cinemas, and yeah, you get my name on the back of it, and you know, you can make the film you want, and you'll get out there endorsed by Robert De Niro. Yeah. Right. However,
1: you have to let your girlfriend sleep with me." Am I in the room when it happens or do they go off? Is it like a distant proposal where they go off and I have no idea what's going on? Which would you prefer? <laughs> I think I want to see it. I think I want to be there for it. If I say yes, I haven't decided that I will. But I think I would... My, I, I'm a very, I have a very no, overactive you imagination. You are a big De fan. Well, no, it's not so much that. But I, I think if I'm not there, who knows what they did. She may have done stuff for him that she's never done for me or that I've never even heard of. She may have like, you know, pulled out a cock ring. (laughs) I don't know. But if I'm there, because I think that, have you ever seen like amateur porn? Like real people having sex? Not, Not even like kind of good looking Bondi type people, but like amateur real porn. It is so uninspiring and unintimidating. So I reckon if I saw like old man De Niro with his old saggy balls, I wouldn't be intimidated. Unless my girlfriend went fucking berserk for it and loved it and he was the greatest lover ever. Yeah. But otherwise, I'd be like, nah, nah. I'm actually okay with it, I think. He's a good actor. I'd have to... All right, can we have go out for dinner with him first to see if he's actually a good bloke? Because, you know, if we're having dinner and he turns out to be like a massive racist and homophobe and he just, you know, kicks kittens and shit like that. No,
0: it's Robert De Niro. You've got to go on the existing evidence you have and your gut instincts about, you know what you think of Robert De Niro, but okay. based on like, you know, you've got a fair
1: amount of evidence. Yeah. He's had a fairly he's been public around life. For,
0: you can go and look up YouTube and see him on talk shows. Yeah. Okay. But you, you can't base it on All right. So from what
1: life. I know of Robert De Niro now, um, if Gemma was 100% into it, I don't know if it's, the problem is it would have to be watertight that this event ever occurred because if he does make the film and it gets out, You know, the only reason that film got made is that the director slept with Robert De Niro and her fucking boyfriend stood there like a pussy in the corner watching it happen, then, you know, that could affect the success of the film. So that has to be kept absolute secret.
0: He's been doing it for years. In fact, every year when there's been a massive sort of breakout success... What's the last
1: film and who did he shag?
0: uh, Jason Reitman. uh, Juno? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, to get Juno made. That's right, yeah. Okay, Yeah. so Diablo Cody fucked... Robert De Niro. Yes. Yes. So he tells me that. Yeah. As like a little. Yeah. Thing. But it's happened. It's, it's, worked for the it's been Academy. happening for years. It's how Spielberg mm. got big. Okay. Uh, but there's a risk that it could come out.
0: There is a risk. Well, there's a risk, but there's a risk that if it comes out, then it all comes Well, out. it
1: just depends if I could own it. Like if I could Hugh Grant it, you know, and just come out and own that incident, it might work in my favor. But yeah. It could also permanently damage my reputation. You and Jason Reitman
0: and M. Night Shyamalan could all release a joint letter saying, look, we all did it. Oh, he did M. Night Shyamalan too. Yeah, Sixth Sense.
1: Just the the good movies. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay, fuck, man. I don't know. I think I want to say yes because I I like to think I'm fairly liberal and that I could work through anything. And I believe in the strength of my relationship with my girlfriend that if we both agreed to it, we could work through it. Yeah. So I'm going to say yes, but it's not like a hundred percent, you know, I'm aware that it could backfire.
0: All right. Okay. How about this? (laughs) He puts different amounts of money on like different things that he can do. So if you let it get to first base, (laughs) you'll put like a million
1: dollars. On top of the film support? Or is this instead of the film support?
0: Uh, Instead of the film support. Okay. So so it's a cash deal now. Yeah, now it's a cash deal. Okay. So, you got a so million- it's a bit like
1: uh, <laughs> it's a bit like a Deal or No Deal.
0: Yeah, yeah. A million dollars. Um, it's first base. Two million dollars, second base. Three million dollars, third base. You know, four million dollars, home run. What Does do I- that change your thoughts about it at all? Would you go? Ah, uh, you know what? We can make this for two million. We can make this for two million. Yeah. I reckon I'll go three. Uh, I'll go
1: three. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We need the budget, love. How did that film end? Indecent Proposal. Did they break up or do they learn to love each other more? And does he end up sleeping with her? Because that's an odd thing to have to bring up every now and then. When they have a fight, that's going to come up. Yeah. You'd certainly... I think they do. And who's right? Like, if you get into a fight with your girlfriend and you allowed her to sleep with a millionaire for a million dollars and then it's six months later and you've bought your house or whatever and then you're arguing, who has the moral high ground? Oh, I think you've got the moral high ground for a long time. What did you do with him? Yeah. What did you do with him?
0: Slut. I want to watch the Test Match Cricket. (laughs) What? Well, I'd just be using it as bargaining tool. All right. (laughs) I'd be like, I'm going to go in the other room and watch five days of the Test Match Cricket. And she'd be like, well, we have things to do. And I'd say, remember that time where you slept with that guy for a million dollars? She'd be like,
1: all right. She'd be, that's for, no, she would say that was for us.
0: Yeah. Don't put that back
1: on me. I know. And then what do you say? I'd be like, no, fair point. (laughs) What do you want to do? <laughs> I thought I'd give it a crack. I really like cricket. Uh, we're talking about Indecent Proposal. Robert Redford. Do you reckon that Brad Pitt is morphing into Robert Redford? Have you seen? Um, I haven't seen the film, but have you seen the trailers for Moneyball? I have. Yes. Don't you think he's becoming uncannily like you know sort of what Robert Redford became in his forties, which is just that kind of. Dependable, blonde-haired, blue-eyed everyman. It's just got the same. Why why wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, he played his great career. He played his son in. uh,
0: In what? All the rivers run, or all the rivers run. That was in Australia. The rivers run through (laughs) it. The river, but the blood run free. I'm on the drug that killed River Phoenix. (laughs) The river, the river queen. Yeah. Uh, was it what, all the rivers? No, what was it called? A river. I like, I like a, fishing. I can see. The, I can
1: see the video cover. It's a river called runs I like fishing through? Legends no. of the Fall. No. Legends of the Fall. No, that wasn't. No, no that, that was that a was different was one. Hopkins. No, it, there was a movie. A river runs through it. A river runs through it. Yeah, yeah. The Sisterhood of the Rivers running through it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's right. I wasn't, I, okay, well, that's a dumb comment so, that I just said. So it's one obviously one of those, a casting agent twenty years ago yeah. picked up on my fucking brain, fucking. My, but that's good. Like if you, my if, light bulb. Moment. If
0: somebody said to you, "Hey, you look like this person who, at mm. twenty years or thirty years or whatever, older than you, yeah. is widely regarded as a sex symbol and one of the coolest people in the world," wouldn't you do everything
1: you could to emulate that? to emulate that person? Yeah, it's like that actor you were telling me about the other day. The guy we met. Uh, in uh, LA. The guy guy who's uh, playing the young Gatsby in the great Gatsby movie. Yeah. Like that's a pretty good fucking, you know. Just look at Leonardo DiCaprio. You look like him. Yeah. You're
0: a a really good actor. Just basically make the choices he made. Do some edgy cool stuff. Do some blockbuster stuff. Bang every model on the planet. And just to show how And wear a hat. Just how Moodily. In the corner of nightclubs. (laughs) Just to show how And I (laughs) want to be here. I mean I came and I'm here and I'm going to stay for ages remember, I've got my hat down and I don't want to be here. I mean, I could be anywhere in the world. I'm one of the richest people in the world. And I could just be at home reading a book if I really didn't want to be around people and have like hot young models sent to my house. And I could just walk around nude, bumping into them and reading my book. But I'm here in the corner moodily with my cap down. You're saying you should be putting more effort into it that? out? <laughs> I just think it's weird. I think it's weird if you don't want people to talk to you. To go to
1: a public place. It's
0: really easy to not have people talk to you at your own house by yourself.
1: Yeah, but... He must have so many fucking idiots come and try and talk to him. Yeah. Just stay in your own house and just get your mates around. Well, this is what I was thinking about when I... you want to go out. Like, he can't be fucking held prisoner, uh, you know, just because idiots come up and want to talk to him when he goes out.
0: No, but just invite everyone to your house. So this is what I was thinking today when I saw this party. You know, so, like, I was thinking that if I was that rich, like, I would love to do that. I'd love to just throw parties for my friends, like, yeah. you know, "Hey, next Thursday, I'm going to hire lifeguards and fucking fire twirlers and and like a DJ, and just let's have a fucking proper party." Well, isn't that what? That's um, what, I, I, what I. That's what I get out of control though, because the minute I started doing shit like that, I was like, "This is a pretty good party, but why is there not like nude chicks on a camel?" And then like I'd be like, "Hey guys, you got to come over next week,
1: nude chicks." So you chicks basically on a become camel. Hugh Hefner.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. I, I'd prefer it if all you if you all you guys, mm. my friends were 18-year-old girls I don't really know. <laughs> so can we make that happen now?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Apparently uh, John John Bon Jovi has rebuilt his favorite because he's from Jersey, I think he still lives there and he's rebuilt his favorite bar in like the basement of his house. So like same kind of furnishings and booths and stuff like that and same bar and stuff. So cuz he loved it so much but he obviously couldn't go out to his local anymore cuz you get hassled. That's pretty cool. It's what like, would what would you? I have I can't actually think what I'd recreate. I don't have a favorite haunt, like something that you would just go. This is what I want.
0: I would have a comedy club at my house. Yeah, right. I've always wanted to have like a, just a, like a nice that would be cool. Sort of like a yeah, 150 seat like if you had your own theater,
1: beautiful theater. That'd be awesome at my house. But like an old like Art Deco theater, that'd be really nice. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't it be. How do we make that happen? (laughs) Or we could just move into an old theatre. It'd be like the Muppet Show. (laughs) You and I should fucking open a theatre. Every
0: night,
1: doing the podcast, trying to get
0: it together. Yes.
1: There's all the characters. That's a great idea. So would I... Well, you'd have to be Fuzzy. Yeah. So does that make me Kermit? I am kind of Kermit-ish. Yeah, you're Kermit-ish. You are. I'm a nice guy and I'm a a producer. I'm an organiser. So I'd be Kermit.
0: Yeah, you could be Kermit. Definitely. All right, and we, yeah, we'll move into a, a theatre. Uh, yeah, like
1: the Palais. Let's, let's move into the Palais. Let's give everything up, Charlie. <laughs> and pursue this, the Human Muppets, <laughs> the Human Muppet Experiment. That, that's a reality show. You get two friends. One's a comedian. One's a slightly frog-like person. And they take over theatre. They take over an old theatre and they try and sort of t- put on a show. That's a reality series. Eight-part reality series with a bunch of eccentric fucking band like band members and. You cast a reality show based on the characters of the the Muppets. Muppets. Yeah, so you get like a a blonde buxom diva, you know, who's really charming but also really terrifying at the same time. And the comment that they're kind of trying to make
0: on society is that, you know, that, that a lot of the time people are puppets. Oh, my God. Particularly when you're in a reality show, you're you, you are a puppet. People at home are pulling strings. Yeah, right, man. You know,
1: yeah. So it works on levels. It's a social study. Yeah, you're going down. And the fact you're that going the down the Alexander Payne into it. like if he was to make <laughs> a Muppet movie, he would cast all like indie actors and stuff. It'd be like Parker Posey as Miss Piggy. You know, they Ethan should do Hawk, that. Ethan they should Hawk, do an indie movie based, based on, on the, Muppets. the Muppets. All right, well we're we'll cutting the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start writing. <laughs> That's a fucking great idea. Yeah. Just about a whole bunch of... But, but you make it really
0: dark. Yeah, but like kind of... But they're kind of a fame-esque, you know. Yes. Like, but like a... You know, because... Yeah. So they're all like... Yeah, yeah. People of performers chick in the and band, stuff. Janice, and,
1: uh, the one who played sax? No, yeah. she didn't play sax, but she was in the band. You know, the blonde one. Yeah. the. Like, I swear she was on heroin at some stage. Don't you know? She looked like a kind of former junkie. And she's yeah. a musician, so it kind of makes sense. And you get over to a couple of old guys who like... Own the theater and come in and criticize. No, you know what they are? They're what? homeless guys. Ah, oh, perfect. And they are, they're allowed to squat in yeah. the theater, and they piss their pants and yeah. shit, and they're like they eat pigeons and stuff yeah. in that little booth.
0: <laughs> and they're just angry. They're just angry about everything. But what you realize is that they're slightly like they're mentally disturbed. Yeah, and you, so a lot of their anger is not actually at the show. That's right. Because people are always is,
1: asking about yeah. uh, Stattler and Waldorf. Like
0: why? Are they why do so they keep angry? coming? Yeah, they hate it. Like, but oh what, what it really is is a gritty look into. To mental illness. So is Rolf... Do we... I mean, it's a really... It's a kind of like the Muppet Show meets Waiting for Government. Mm. Like it has that sort of, you know... But not for comedy,
1: but done yeah. as like a, a serious indie, a gritty reboot, yeah. dare I say.
0: Yeah, of the Muppet Show.
1: So would Rolf be like... Um, I reckon you'd cast like Ving Rames as Rolf. Oh, really? And you make it and give it some sort of racial kind of tension? Because I was, thinking, was he that's... black... Rolf, was that the implication? Uh, I was like, Bing Rames. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Bing Rames is black. <laughs> I mean, that was the implication with Rolf, wasn't it? That he was a jazz player and stuff. Although yeah. they didn't say it. Yeah, I guess so. How come they never got hauled over the coals for like, you know, oh, the one black character's a dog. I see what you're saying, Jim Henson.
0: Yeah, he was saying Freaking that he smoked weed and had rhythm. He was cool. <laughs> he was
1: the cool yeah, character. Um, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Oh, that's a really, really good idea. In, you know, he'd cast his Statler and Ward off. One of them would have to be Gene Hackman. Oh, perfect. And you need like Al Pacino, maybe. Who's another sort of crotchety older guy now? I don't think Gene Hackman acts anymore.
0: Oh, uh, no. Um, uh, Jack
1: Nicholson. No, like, no, Jack, there's too much weight of... It. Put Jack Nicholson in any film, it becomes about Jack Nicholson. No, but
0: I'm thinking more about Schmidt. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I don't know, Do you know man. I, mean? I still reckon there's Jack You can't ba- get Nicholson? There's baggage. You can go past Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really? Not,
1: it, like, I love Jack Nicholson, but wow. I think that, I think you could go for someone more like an older William H. Oh, William H. Macy. Too, yeah. Too young. If you're putting up against Gene Hackman, he's also going to be in his 70s. Who would it be? Is Jack Lemon still alive? <laughs> no, he's not, is he? <laughs> no, but it needs to be someone with like a... What about Morgan Freeman, if you really want to fucking oh, really? mix up the formula? Yeah, all right. Yeah, Morgan Freeman and I like right it. Okay. That's good.
0: Well, I mean, we've got to kind of make it a bit more Indian, yeah. We don't want to make it too obvious that we're yeah. not have to. Oh, could the you know what? Could Robin Williams do it? You and know, as Fuzzy Bear? No, not as Fuzzy Bear. Like I'm oh. talking like a Statler and Waldorf, like an old sort of like you know, you know, a crazy Robin Williams. I don't know. Again, I just like he's too got much the he's, he's, yeah. He's Williams. got the mental illness, and he's got the.
1: No, nah, th- Robin Williams is Robin Williams. You need a character, mm. like a real face. I think like Gene Hackman is perfect. If there's a, who, I don't know who, who else. I love, that, Clint you, I Eastwood? love that you will not no, cast. is too. You will not cast fucking Robin Dude, Williams t- and Jack Nicholson in and and our fucking mop at movie. And I've also turned down Clint Eastwood. Yeah. I don't reckon he'd be any good either. Well, we'll leave that role open. We haven't cast him okay. yet. Fozzie, though, I think would be perfect Robin Williams. He's like a like-me-like-me kind of comedian. No, no, no. Will Ferrell. Ah. Oh. <laughs> of course. Yeah. He is Will Ferrell De- Definitely Will Farrell.
0: So, we get Will Farrell as Scotty. Yeah. You, know, you need a Kermit. Uh
1: who's so who's the Kermit at the heart of this? Like Edward Norton? <sighs> yeah, no, he's a bit too snooty. You need someone who's a bit more of an man everyma- Oh, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson would be you a great Kevin. Because he always plays the everyman, the put-upon kind of guy, the nice guy. Yeah, I guess Like, so. think about Luke Wilson from old school. Yeah. Oh, okay, he's on the casting list. We won't lock him in. Yeah, okay. But a Luke Wilson type, I'd everyman. Look, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, what, wouldn't it be Paul Rudd? Yeah, yeah,
1: he's also, yeah. 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 Paul, I think Paul Rudd's kevin Like 'cause Like,
0: because, you mm. know, he's kind of like, he can be funny, Paul Rudd. Like, you know, he can play comedic, but a lot of times he plays sort you're of... you're
1: casting the Muppet movie. Yeah. Paul Rudd, like, he's your marquee fucking name. Like, I'm just saying Paul Rudd. I reckon here, DiCaprio man. could play it. Oh, yeah, you know what? Maybe you're right. Leo <laughs> could do it. Just a little yeah. uh, brewer's cap on the yeah. floor. <laughs> Can we get Leo? <laughs> All right, got, we may have Leo. <laughs> I don't know, but maybe Leo doesn't have enough vulnerability. Like, it's kind of got to be, like, I'm thinking a... Paul Rudd is is pretty good, or yep. Luke Wilson, just a bit like because he's a, the thing about Kermit was he was like a nice guy, right? He's just always trying to appease everyone. Like he never he never lost his temper. He got frustrated, but yep. it was always about the show, you know. So it has to be someone who has that earnestness and that just kind of likability.
0: But he also was like you know he's he's got a little bit of eager to please, yeah, about him Kermit, yeah. like you know, like about things going wrong around him, and he has the kind of like you know be sort of like oh i can't get all this together in the in the heart of it yeah so he has to play a little bit of slapstick yeah. you know you've got to have some comic
1: who do you who do you cast as miss piggy mm. it has to be a really great great comedian comedian yeah double n a because yeah it's going to be someone who's going to be playing quite big too yeah. and but it also has to be attractive i think i think miss piggy is meant to be attractive at yeah least definitely. in a kind of like just a glitzy kind of way yeah
0: in a voluptuous sort of way
1: if you could get like someone like an Anna Farris, or Faris, whatever her name is, but if you could, like, a bustier or more, a bigger version of her. Who's yeah. good? Like, Christine Wig is, like, the big...
0: Yeah, I don't think she could play Piggy, though. She could be hotter. And she's really good. But, like, she, she's more Kermit-esque. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Totally. Yeah, she could, like, if you really wanted to fuck with it, you could play her as oh, Kermit. Oh, what about
1: Jason Schwartzman as Kermit?
0: I mean, I like it's it. Too weird. It's maybe a little oh, bit too Michael weird. Oh, Michael Cera. Oh, of course, yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. I mean, this is we've Michael not, Sarah. We've not thought this through at all. Of course, it's Michael Sarah.
1: Michael Sarah, or Jesse Eisenberg,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whoever you can get. Yeah, but like that's yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Sarah. Of okay. course, sorry, all right. well, sorry, he's, Luke, he's Kermit. Yeah, sorry, Luke, he looks like I almost had that part. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost Kermit. So, so now you need an age-appropriate
1: piggy, then. Yeah.
0: So you can't go someone too old. What about old.
1: Kat Dennings? That chick? She was in you know Nora's. She's in Thor. She's the kind of smart-mouth chick in Thor. She's a brilliant. She's kind of busty and yeah. Oh, know. Blake Lively. Can she do comedy? Can she do comedy? Like intentional comedy? Who's uh, like what? A big, but that is the sort. What of about someone they one like... of the girls from Community? Alison Brie. Who went? She, yeah, Alison Brie. Who went blonde? Yeah, she's good. She could be big. You don't bite. No, I don't bite. I feel. I feel she's like... got to be more eight, like sort of Gold Coast glam kind of look. Yeah, she's got to be like, you know, a really sort of like a Pamela Anderson maybe twenty years ago. Oh yeah. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah. that type. There's got to be a, a, an actress who sort of takes a piss out of the fact that they're you know like Dolly Parton used to yeah. you know take the piss out of. Them. There's got to be an actress like that who, who plays do? like sexy, but like you, they'd probably like po- Cameron Diaz, yeah. Diaz, I mean Diaz could have done it. She's probably she kind of looks
0: like Miss Piggy. Yeah, is
1: she is she a little old to play Piggy? <laughs> yeah, for Michael Cera, definitely. Yeah,
0: so that's the that'd be that'd be a problem probably. But like I mean I think that's the the right sort of zone. Yeah,
1: someone who's a bit ballsy. What oh what about? Miller Cooners. Nice. No. <laughs> Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Di- Di- Emma Stone could Di- play. hair blonde.
0: Yeah, definitely. Stone could definitely play Piggy. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. One, this thing this, is casting it's itself.
1: Together. Right. So is Ving Rhames Rolf?
0: <laughs> Look, I I have no feelings one way or the other about Rolf, so yeah, why not? I'm going to go with Ving Rhames as Rolf.
1: Okay. So the important one is Scooter. Is it Scooter? Skeeter? No. Oh. I think it's Scooter, you know, the orange guy with the I don't know exactly jacket, green satin jacket. So who's 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 that? He's like the PA to Kermit. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's almost like Radar O'Reilly from yeah. Nash. you know what I mean? Like he's a kind of sweet natured kind of guy. He probably actually, Kermit is the emotional one and he's like the PA who actually makes sure people get on stage on time and he books the acts and that kind of stuff. You yeah, know what right. I mean? He's a bit like Alison White's character in Frontline. Yeah, okay. So if Kermit is Mike Moore, she's like... Yeah. Oh well, he's like that. So we, Toby Maguire. Oh yeah, Toby Maguire could definitely do he's it. Too old for Michael Cera. he wouldn't be he's gotta be younger.
0: Uh than does Michael he have Sarah. to Because it does it have to be a direct comparison. Isn't this somewhere we could Yeah, cast, I guess an older
1: person could, could be a PA, yeah. yeah, yeah definitely Or uh, a theatre manager or something. I'm gonna
0: say um Amy Adams.
1: As the male character Scooter. Yeah.
0: We can't. Right, like, I mean, because okay, Scooter's yeah, a minor sure. character. If we're
1: going to make Morgan Freeman Statler all Yeah,
0: totally. I think you could just put, like, because she's got that sort of, like, mm. great. She's so charming and lovely, and she's got, she's kind of the heart. Don't make or it she's don't, too much like Michael don't, Sarah. Though. Don't make it stunt casting, though. No, you're right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Amy Adams. We'll work together on something
1: else. <laughs> I promise. No, I don't mind. Amy Adams is okay. She actually, she could almost be a Miss Piggy, too, I think. But yeah. I. She could, yeah, understudy Piggy. Yeah, she could understudy definitely. Piggy. But Emma Stone definitely yeah. is, is the one. Yeah. What other characters are there? Okay. Um, oh, the Swedish chef, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because he's the only Swedish actor I know. There's oh <laughs> no, there's another guy, Mads Mikkelsen. No, actually he's Danish. Um, you know who I'd like to cast? Who, Alexander
0: Skarsgård. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, the big mo, like, yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: As a, like and kind of give it a like, cause you know what he's like he he, he can do comedy, yeah. Cause that whole Eric
1: character in True Blood is very comedic, but he could also give- oh, hang on, not not his dad, Peter Skarsgård. Alexander, you mean True Blood? Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the what the Swedish chef is kind of like middle aged and Yeah, but, I, and- I,
0: I, but like I want him to play that. And plus, he's. You know I want him to. Be, like, we've got to make this give this movie yeah, right. a little bit of modern. Yeah, edge. we can't. We can't make it not, too much. We're not like, making it like a like a right. ha ha ha. It's hilarious. Yeah. Like the fucking guys. So, and the for fucking shooting their pants <laughs> and throwing it people. The Swedish chef has got to be like an Anthony Bourdain almost s character who's okay. like so fucking drug-addled, like from being in the kitchen, like you know yeah yeah like and he's Cause, cutting because he's a, he's he's a chef. Cutting and, shit people and people who like, work in
1: hospitality are often yeah. on uh, you know um amphetamines.
0: Amphetamines. And he's like, the su- and he's, and like he's, he's just fucking shit That's up. That's why he speaks like, because no he's just so fucking he's high. Like. He actually so head. Head.
1: He's actually born and raised in New York. He's not even Swedish, exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> For years, people have been like, that guy is fucking Swedish, man. Uh-huh. He is so fucking Swedish. But the truth is that he just once got
1: high and put together some <laughs> Ikea. <laughs> All right, congratulations, Ale- Alexander skarsgard yeah. and in the cast. Yeah, just because I've always wanted to work with Skarsgård too. Uh, the American, oh. the American Eagle. Oh, the American Eagle. Ted Danson. Yeah, yeah, Danson could do it. Tom he Hanks. looks like a. No, he, no, you got to have the profile. I say Ted Danson because he has that. Is that brow and everything? He looks like an American. Uh, I actor. mean, I don't know why I'm going past dancing. I love dancing. Yeah, we'll leave it at dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I feel in. like
2: dancing. <laughs>
1: exactly. Like, like, he also uh, was at Tribeca and saw my film, and, and I had a chat to him. He's a. a- and how people. much did he offer? To- uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he wanted to fuck me, and it was only like fifteen bucks. <laughs> but I but you pay- paid him. it. <laughs> exactly. Always one step ahead of me, Edison. <laughs>
0: Um, I read this thing on the internet the other day and this is... If if the internet is for anything, Charlie, it's for things like this. Um, I was reading this uh, piece by a comic uh, writer and I wish I could remember which one posted it, but one of the ones... I'll, I'll try to find it and I'll link it to the, the uh, Facebook page, the TOEFOP Facebook page, but it was an article by this comic book writer that I quite like who had written this whole essay about how the TV show 30 Rock... Is just The Muppet Show. Yeah, right. And like he basically did this like big, you know, essay on comparing all the different characters from 30 Rock to The Muppet Show. And it made a pretty, like it was one of those things where he'd obviously had to push a few things into yeah, different yeah, categories yeah. to make it work. Yeah. But it was like a, it was a pretty fun sort of like piece. Did you, you know, and did because you, he wasn't taking himself too seriously with it.
1: Did like, you honestly like The Muppet Show though? Like, my memories of it are amazingly fond. Yeah, right but i say i have fun memories but i also remember not actually digging like thinking it was that funny like thinking it was a bit lame and stuff as well like i think what i admire about the muppets more than anything is the creativity but that's why i'm interested to see this new one because i think that cuz you know jason Siegel yeah actually helped write it yeah and uh, if anyone's seeing um a re- surprisingly really good film for getting sarah marshall it's actually really good i just thought it was going to be like another kind of one of those apatow kind of hey i got a spare 50 million to want to make a film. He's
0: got an interesting sense of humor. Justice, yeah, really so interesting. Like it, it, it comes at you in some expected and some really unexpected vices.
1: And, yeah. Uh, yeah it has and a- s- spoiler, spoiler. But he the, the film has this, uh, it's almost like a, in the third act, he does this puppet show where he does a musical with puppets. And then I read afterwards that he's actually always been really into puppetry. So then you hear about him like, writing the new Muppets movie and being in it. It's like, that's fucking cool, man. Because yeah. as a kid, as we've talked about on ToeFop before, who was a puppeteer as a child. Like what he's essentially done has gone that thing. I love when I'm 10 yeah. as a fucking adult, he gets to make a Muppet movie. He, well, he's basically that done thing. I like
0: puppets and you know, why I like puppets because I like the Muppet show. You know what I should do? Fucking write a Muppet movie. <laughs> like yeah, that is quite
1: amazing. A, that's a pretty privileged position to be in. Like even like Joni Hill, he's done the 21 jump state remake. Like, yeah. They're in a position, they've obviously got opportunities in front of them where they can go in and pitch an idea. And they can just talk about stuff that they love. (laughs) And someone will give them $40 million to make it. That's amazing. That's like, I aspire to be in that kind of position. And when you are, Charlie, what are you going to (laughs) make? Asterix. (laughs) But not that French bullshit. Uh, I don't know, what would I make? I've always thought that uh, Monkey... Has, is, a, is a property that oh, hasn't yeah, been dusted yeah. off properly. Yeah, Like it's a fucking, like anyone who follows me on Twitter, you'll see that my um, witty uh, byline is great sage, equal of heaven. Yes. It's just yeah. kind of catchphrase. But that's a fucking awesome show. And that, like beyond the Muppet show, the show I really fucking have the most fond memories is Monkey. Like yeah. I used to get so excited when that show came on. Me too. We used to paint sticks black with gold tips. Like my sisters would all play like Monkey afterwards in the backyard. So, Did you but, have... Oh, we well, would definitely play Monkey because yeah. you do the whole like pulling out the... Me
0: too! Yeah. Daddy Pig. big! Yeah. And then Sandy's all like, why do you always fight? I'm depressed. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a pity he's old now, mm. but the guy who would have been perfect to play Sandy, I always thought, was the dude from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was always I was like he was that is the perfect, perfect for Sandy, Sandy. yeah <laughs> like, that's
1: amazing he would have been awesome yeah. I'm not Asian but yeah. <laughs> that's fine I'm fine it's, but I always thought he would be perfect but if tell you me watch, if you watch Monkey now like it's there, there's a lot of like really amazingly politically incorrect Humour, which I don't know if it's actually in the original. Oh, do you
0: know who would be good as Tripitaka?
1: Who? Natalie Portman. Yes. Oh, you just want to shave her head. How hot <laughs> is Natalie Portman with a shaved head? Like V for Vendetta, I don't remember shit about that movie. I just remember her bald head. Yeah. It's so hot. Yeah. She looks better with a shaved head. I think Tripitaka is one of those characters that I. A
0: lot of people say, you know, people these days are a lot cooler with you know sexuality and like you know like that's been something and it's obviously it's a thing that gets discussed in society and we evolve and whatever but i think a lot of it has to do with those first feelings that teenage boys had about Tripitaka, oh, yeah,
1: yeah. and they d- weren't sure yeah. if they were allowed to or not
0: because they couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl
1: for those of you who aren't familiar um what we're talking about monkey was an amazing show because yep. monkey's based on a chinese myth yeah but this show was made by the Japanese yeah. and then dubbed into English. And I guess you could say it was like a Kung Fu show, yeah. like a Kung Fu sort of parable drama. Yeah. But uh, that's why you watch it as a kid is for the fighting. But the character of Tripitaka, in the myth, he's a boy priest who is making a pilgrimage to the West. No, East. Making a pilgrimage to for the pilgrimage West. Yeah. a pilgrimage West to get enlightenment, meet Buddha, whatever. Um, But in the TV show, Chippitaka was played by a young girl. Yeah. And you couldn't quite tell. It's quite androgynous in this show because she had a shaved head and was wearing like this hat and this kind of just sort of baggy robes. But she was kind of hot. Yeah, she was totally hot. (laughs) But that little boy priest.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you put it like that.
1: (laughs) For the first time, it's the priest getting ogled.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so, So run me through. Can you remember what the theme song to Monkey was? Yeah. Born in an egg on a top. Okay, so born in an egg on a mountaintop. Yeah. And that was that the egg kind of would burst
1: open. Yeah, because I start. can give you the open narration. Was yeah, like oh, okay. Yeah, aeons okay. and aeons before the dawn of his day. <laughs> <laughs> but something That's about, not racist because uh, he's just the, doing that. Siddhartha Siddharth Buddha, the father Buddha said... Oh God, should I look it up? Yeah, look it up, definitely. Okay. Okay, so we're back. Now, I couldn't find, uh, amazingly, online, I couldn't find the actual specific opening narration for Monkey. Um,
0: I had an argument uh, with my delightful girlfriend the other day um, <laughs> about uh, the internet. And uh, she wanted to, uh, she has a movie that she loves called Nightbreed. It's like a schlock horror film. You know, Clive Barker, I think. maybe. Clive
1: Barker wrote it and directed it Yeah, based on his... Uh, a uh, famous uh, 1986 novel, Mer- Meridian? No, I can't remember what it's called. Cabal. It's called Cabal. It's based H- on a book called Cabal. Human Internet. Yeah. Um,
0: okay, so she swears that she's seen a movie, Nightbreed 2. Really? Yeah. So I was like, oh, great. Well, I'll get you a copy. I'll get online and I'll find a copy of Nightbreed 2 and I'll get it ordered in. And that'll be a cool present. Because you're a thoughtful dude. I am. Like I do like to like, you know, if somebody wants something and I can think I can find it. And I thought, well, the internet won't let me down. No. If the internet was built for anything, Charlie, it was for repositories of knowledge of where I could find Nightbreed Two. If something's not on the internet, it
1: doesn't exist, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Nightbreed Two is not on the internet, Charlie. The well, internet has never heard ergo. of Nightbreed Two. <laughs> like and this was the point I was trying to make. I was just like, the internet's never heard of it, honey. Never lied to us, baby. And the internet has heard of everything. Yeah. So if the Like, in- just think of anything. Just think of something. And the internet has already heard of that thing. That's right. And they haven't heard of Nightbreed 2. I think there might have been a book or a script. Mm. There might have been some development from what
1: I read on the internet. I think it's a series of books. So there probably is, like, uh, some source material.
0: And I think there was maybe even a movement to have a Nightbreed 2. But I think she's imagined seeing Nightbreed 2.
1: Yeah. Um... Well, that same internet that failed your girlfriend has failed us in terms of the opening narration. But what we do have is the song lyrics, which is, Born from an egg on a mountaintop. Born from an egg on a mountaintop. I remember that bit, that yeah. and that, that always made sense because he was indeed born from an egg on the a philosophical. The philosophical beginnings of Monkey is that there was, I think there was a mountain that was close to heaven. Yeah. And the elements rained down on it until yeah. it created a perfect thing, which is called thought. Yeah. And thought gave birth to a stone monkey. Yeah. And so the monkey is not a, a mortal. He is a product of the gods. He's like almost their most extreme elements. That's thought, what... thought must have freaked out.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Thought must have been like, oh, my God, I'm thought. I'm all <laughs> powerful.
0: Oh, God, I'm pregnant. Oh, I've had a stone fucking monkey. <laughs> this is weird. I like, wish i never, thought, never brown acid. Never thought of that. <laughs> So the snow monkeys like stayed on the the mountain, which came first, the monkey or the egg, the famous
1: <laughs> Chinese proverb, and uh, and then he was born of that, that egg. Yeah, and for people who don't know, that monkey was always considered, like, in Chinese mythology, he's like a troublemaker. Yeah. Like, the gods don't want anything to do with him. He's a bit like Beetlejuice. Yeah. You know how in Beetlejuice, like, the afterlife don't want to know about him because he's a bit of a renegade and he's always, like, fucking shooting off at the mouth and stuff? That's monkey. And that's why he was on the pilgrimage because he's trying to learn humility. Because Buddha puts a crown on him, remember? Yeah, and and uh, Tripitaka can pray, Mm
0: -hmm. and the crown can like you know make him pain. It tightens,
1: around his head. Yeah, because I think the idea is that Buddha puts a crown on him, and it would be removed once he gains enlightenment. Yeah, that's right. He's on a journey. There is Buddha, so I'm assuming it has to do with enlightenment and bullshit like that. Yeah, he's on a journey. (laughs) Okay,
0: like of enlightenment, and and so he's got this. Yeah, he's got his crown on that. Like he'll fight, you know. He'll fight the bad guys, but then sometimes Tripitaka's not into him bashing up bad guys. How cool is it too?
1: Like when Tripitaka wants to tighten it, she just like puts two fingers in front of her nose, closes her eyes and starts going... And then Monkey would be like... (laughs) Stop it! Oh, it hurts! (laughs) Don't do it! Enough! There's a great... I was going to say before, it was so um, politically incorrect. I remember there's an episode where he chases a demon back into his cave. And the demon, like you know, is running away and slams the door in his face. And he starts beating on the door. And he's gone. Come out and fight me! Do it! You're a pufta. <laughs> and that's not a word of a lie. Oh, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Monkey. He calls a demon a pufta. Oh no! It's not a phrase you hear that much anymore, is it? A lot of is people it? standing around going, "Ah, oh, monkey."
0: He just says what we all think.
1: Yeah. Well, he
0: recast it with Noel Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> Okay so, there was, okay, so Born on an Egg on a Mountaintop. What's the next line? This is the one that I like. never knew as a kid. I would sing this. Monkey is monkey, he'll never stop. <laughs>
1: funkiest monkey that ever popped. Oh, okay. So it Yeah. I don't... That, funky, funkiest monkey. You can tell monkey. it was written in the 70s. Funkiest monkey. It makes sense. They're on yeah. so much cocaine when yeah. they fucking wrote this song. He's a funky monkey. But I'd like to know if this is like... Because it was a Japanese production of a Chinese show. I wonder yeah. if it was an Asian song that they dubbed into English. So maybe when they bought the rights to the series, they sent out the opening theme. And they were listening and going, well, it's all in fucking Japanese. Yeah. Well, ask them if they send a translation across. And the Japanese are like, cool, watch we fuck with these idiots. Oh, yeah. He was the funkiest monkey that ever popped. <laughs> Send that across and we're like, all right, let's redub it. Well, yeah. they're the lyrics. So That's what they say. It.
0: And actually, their show, it's all, all like, you know, Cursed of the Heavens. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Funkiest monkey in the Okay. All right. He knew every magic trick under the sun. I always thought that was, he knew every magic written under the sun, but still, same gist. Tease the gods and everyone and have some fun. Tease the gods? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was, he's the gods. <laughs> I love how you're getting like 95% of the sentence and then you just mishear the first letter of one word. Oh, I thought it was like, please the gods. Monkey magic, monkey magic, monkey magic, monkey magic, monkey magic, monkey magic, ooh. Monkey
0: magic, ooh.
1: And there's a second verse, but I don't think we ever got to this in the opening credits. This is obviously the 12-inch. Right. What (laughs) What a cocky, saucy monkey, this one is. All the gods were angry and they punished him. Until he was saved by a kindly priest. And that was the start of their pilgrimage. West. <laughs> wow. You know what I love about that is... is—I oh, Look, I'm not a songwriter. But until he was saved... Until- Neither is the person who came <laughs> up with that. But this last line of... Yeah. And that was the start of their pilgrimage. West. Like, there's, there's too many syllables in pilgrimage. Like... They shouldn't have picked that word. Be, well, maybe That they was didn't. the start of their journey, quest. Yeah. That was the start of their pilgrimage. Like, being greedy, why but so many syllables? It's a
0: translation. Like, it obviously scans in its natural language, but yeah, in the English, when they've translated it, there's more syllables. You
1: don't have a syllable by... It, but that was back in the days... But if where, you were re-recording that song, yeah. and you're any kind of musician, and you get to that bit, and the lead singer says, and that was the start of their pilgrimage, West, wouldn't you say... Dude, just use journey. Like, it's got the right amount of syllables. It doesn't have that weird... In the in the middle of the word. And then he'd be like, Ah, uh, dude... Let's do more, more
0: cocaine. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> you can be predictable and you can do that sort of shit or you can be like me, man. I'm just like fucking Bowie. I just fucking cut up words and I pull them out of a hat and they are my fucking lyrics, man. That's how I fucking come up with shit. Pilgrimage West. I just fucking cut up a woman's day, mate, and I pull this shit out and that is my fucking art. Um... Oh, the, okay so there was the, there was the theme song there was the characters who were uh, monkey obviously Tripitaka yeah.
1: who were on the journey and then they picked up some other people to help demon, them out like and Sandy, a fish Sandy. Sandy. Yep. and Pigsy and uh, they're all cuz all the people in that group have all been punished for something so Monkey's been punished for ego yep. Sandy's been punished for I can't remember what it was but I think he ate a bunch of people or something, yeah, something and Pigsy's like been punished for gluttony Yeah What Sandy's hang up <laughs> Because monkey and pigsy are easy to define, but what was, Sandy had a thing? It wasn't like vanity, it, was just, it must have been a, one of the seven deadly sins. So, what are they? Uh, vanity, sloth, sloth. So, that's pig, that's monkey and pigsy, pigsy, um, uh, greed, pride. avarice. Um, would be so shit in that movie. <laughs> Morgan Freeman saying, How do we check this killer? Um, okay, uh, uh jealousy, uh, uh um, um, grumpy, sneezy dog, <laughs>
0: uh. Andrew Dado, Locky Daddo, Cameron Dado. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah, I don't know what Sandy's was, but he was being punished. Was. So they're all on a journey, and they're yeah. all journeying to the west. Yeah, and they, and they could be going west. Oh, they're in the east, so they're journeying west, right? Oh, like and so, and yeah, and they could all fight. Pigsy would fight with a was it with a, a pitchfork, a rake, yeah, a rake. A rake. And uh, Sandy had like a staff with a a yeah. crescent shaped blade and Monkey had like this like awesome stuff yeah
0: awesome stuff that he like he, he hid behind his ear by rubbing it
1: and it was, just like me
0: <laughs> it was it was tiny when you first saw it but if he rubbed it yeah, it got big <laughs> it got massive and then he would hit people with it
1: the best thing he had was the fucking flying cloud yeah. how many times as a kid did you look up at the sky and go <gasps> <laughs> I don't know if that peaked out. I'll have to listen back in the recording. But all what the I was time. doing was blowing with my index and uh, middle all, finger. All the time. Yeah. Like, it was just the... It was Ding. just... It was the best... Form of transport shit. ever created.
0: And I'm like, why do we not all have clouds? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the cloud that computer people have come up with that we can store all information in. Where's the cloud that I can f- fly
1: around on and visit shit on? Do you ever remember that episode i think it would happen a few times but there was one distinct episode pigsy also could summon a cloud Mm. but his cloud in keeping with pigsy was like a crappy like gray cloud that would spew like smog (laughs) and he had a steering wheel (laughs) i love it i think i don't know if he had a steering wheel maybe i'm remembering that wrong. and then there were two was like a crappy cloud and there were
0: two pigsies yeah that's right they changed they changed
1: and so, like, there was
0: just one of those moments where, like, they used to do with Pippa's on Home and Away where, like, the kids would come home from holidays and they'd be like, hey, Pippa. Hey, Pippa. It's good to see you, Pippa. And I'd be like, that's not Pippa. Pippa looks like someone else. Why does everyone think that's Pippa? Do you know that? And that's what it was
1: like with Pigsy. You know that um, on Neighbours, uh, uh, what was... It? Jason Donovan was Scott Robinson? Yeah, that's And right. he was a replacement. Jason Donovan yeah, was? Yeah. There was another guy who was um, Scott Robinson... Like, I think on the definitely on the Channel 7 version, I think maybe one season of the when it went to Channel 10. But he was a replacement, so that's got to be one of the most successful replacements in history, yeah. Like, not just replacing a character, but playing the same character. There
0: would have been so many times where he just sat at home going, Oh, that could be me dressed in that garbage bag lying in a gutter on ecstasy. That could have been me. That could have been me releasing all those shit albums and doing pantomimes.
1: I guess the only other people would be the Doctor Who actors. They're the only ones, other ones who would sort of...
0: We get replaced all the time. Yeah,
1: playing the same character. Would they be more successful than Jason Donovan or is that the the best example of a replacement? No, I reckon Jason Donovan. That's pretty good. Yeah, you can't think of anyone... I can't actually think of another one that's done it. Like, what's a prominent one? Would you say that Woody Harrelson replaced Coach? They're different characters. They're essentially go. playing the same character.
0: Yeah, no, they were different characters, though.
1: Yeah, but they are the same. <laughs> yeah. Woody and Coach were the same. It's like it was Benjamin Button. Yeah. Coach started <laughs> off an old man <laughs> and then ended up a hick.
0: Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head whether the...
1: An actor was replaced.
0: And, you know, the next one was better. It
1: happened a lot in the Australian TV shows. They did it on Home and Away, but I don't know who the character was. But I yeah. do know... I was the writer's like, heart-right.
0: We cannot be bothered thinking up new characters. <laughs> Some new mum can't move into this
1: caravan park. It just has to be the same character with a different actor. But you know why? It's because the way soaps are written, all those intricate fucking storylines that go on because they're going to do five episodes a week. You can't just fucking write a new character because you've got like that character, someone's daughter, someone's boyfriend, like all those characters are interrelated. So it's fucking hard to just go, oh, she's dead and he's her cousin and now you've got to pick up where she left off. Oh, they could just change it slightly. So, for example, when Pippa, because she's the most famous one at home and Away, they replaced Pippa a couple of times, I think. Yeah, and Beck Cartwright is the one I was thinking of. She didn't she get replaced by like a redhead? Oh yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so Pippa, and when she left, they should have replaced her with uh, former AFL great Robert Dibia Domenico. <laughs> and just They've all come home and they're like, Dipper! But play exactly the same storylines. Like, not change one other part of Home and Away apart from the fact that instead of Pippa, who used to run the caravan park, uh, they would have Dipper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you remember there was a short phase in the 80s? I don't know what it was like in New South Wales or Queensland, but AFL players like Dermot Brereton... And Dipper were doing some crossover kind of stuff, like different. Flying, flying doctors, yeah.
0: And did he get punched out, or he punched someone out? I think I'm pretty. He's sure. a truck driver. I remember yeah. that. I'm pretty sure um, Dipper's favorite, famous scene. There was like a, a, a kind of a, a punch throw.
1: Yeah. I just that's kind of the thing. Is in American sport, like you know, uh, who's that guy in the '90s, Bosworth, the Boz. Like you know, he <laughs> played one season of football and then became like a movie star. Yeah. You don't really do that. Our athletes. I mean, athletes get given reality shows and hosting. But no one has kind of, you know, cast an athlete in a film like they do in the States. Uh,
0: what about um, Ian Roberts? Like, the, he, he's an actor.
1: Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. he, he's been in a few things. But it's not like they're trading off the fact that he's, like, he's playing characters. I'm saying, like, you know, you'll watch an Adam Sandler movie and John McEnroe Yeah, we <laughs> will turn up and just, like, do a scene. Or like, um, or like Tony Hawk, or someone will turn up. Or, or Lance Armstrong. Lance in, Armstrong, um, yeah. Uh, they don't Dodge do it in Australian. which Australian. is one of the
0: great cameos of all time. That's such a fucking funny scene. That's great. Um, they tried to do that with that redheaded snowboarder in uh, Friends with Benefits that we talked about he's last red, time. Oh, that American Sean, guy, Sean, whatever his name is, and he's like a Carrot Top. Yeah, Carrot Top. <laughs> the guy looks like Carrot Top. Yeah. and he plays this like really asshole character who hates Justin Timberlake. <laughs> In and at the start, you're like, "Oh my god, this is the weirdest bit of fucking starcasting. Is he playing himself? Yeah, he's playing himself. Yeah, right. That's but like funny. playing like a fucked up version yeah, yeah. of
1: himself, kind of and like what Ricky Gervais does with his celebrity yeah. guests.
0: Yeah. So like, he's a, so he's a real arsehole who keeps talking about wanting to kill Justin Timberlake and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> I, I, I admire that. Yeah, and co- it's funny, and yeah. it, it, and it becomes a really funny thing. But at the start, you're just like, what? What, what was that meaning? Because <laughs> when they wrote the script, like, this is what I always think when I see something like that is. When you write the script of Friends with Benefits, and it's a pretty wittily written script. So when you photocopy No Strings Attached. (laughs) And add add a couple more racy shots of (laughs) Mila Kunis' art. Um, So when you do that and you put in a scene like that, do you write it specifically with that guy in mind and go out and get him? Or do you just go, he'd be a funny cameo with an athlete? Or does that just come in at another time? Is there someone in the meeting who goes... I was watching the Olympics last night, and you know who we should put in our movie? That dude who can snowboard. Yeah. And they're like, well, can he act?" Did you see how good at snowboarding he <laughs> is? <laughs>
1: well, that I can. That's like that stunt casting that you know you'll get with like the Hangover, putting in Mike Tyson or something. But then, I think yes, that that's a last minute kind of thing. They're yeah. just spitballing. But you know they're making the film and they have left that part kind of open for yeah. who they can get. But then you think about a filmmaker like. Um, there's two famous ones. Sophia Coppola says that she wrote, you know, the Lost in Translation with Bill Murray in mind. Like she had no intention of showing it to anyone else. And then the next from that is being John Malkovich. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Charlie Kaufman wrote a script that was predicated on the fact that an actor would come and play himself. Yeah. And I saw him interviewed, and they said.
0: But was it an actor, or was it that? No, John, it was John. Yeah. He actually wrote. Yeah, that's right. With John Malkovich. So yeah. it wasn't like it couldn't have been.
1: Uh, Tom Cruise, yeah, being Tom Cruise. Being Tom Cruise. Yeah. Or being Bill Pullman Although I guarantee he would have had at least two or three meetings where a studio were going, we love your script. We love it. But, uh, we love it. Have you ever thought about being, being Harrison Ford?
0: What about being Ryan Gosling? <laughs> yeah. He is very hot right now.
1: He totally would have had those meetings.
0: <laughs> but that, that's what I imagine. Like when you sit down and come up with something like that, do you, and do you think that he would have only ever made that film if it had been John Malkovich yes. or if someone – like, like, if they equally had put cool. if Tom thanks If they said uh, Gary Oldman will do it, right? He's still kind of, like, I mean... he's, yeah, he's nice. in the same... But he's in that same craft. sort of indie, like, but yeah, older yeah. actor and could be a bit quirky and you can imagine him having... We You can make the movie. Malkovich is never going to do it. Well, he said he would rather
1: die than do this movie. No. But Oldman...
0: Is, loves it. Loves it. Got yeah. some ideas, but he loves
1: it. Well, I think when you think about the film... It's not really John Malkovich. He's playing a parody of himself. So that could easily be applied to any celebrity, any actor. So I reckon (laughs) it's great for PR to say you wrote it with Malkovich in mind, but yes, I'm sure he had a plan B being Al Pacino, being Christopher Walken.
0: So you think that you might have read, say, a Rolling Stone interview with Charlie Kaufman who was like, you know what? It was always called being Paulie Shaw, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's who we made it for. We had Paulie
1: in mind. Uh, yeah. What happened to Paulie Shaw? Um,
0: well, I mean, like he,
1: he was big for like
0: that was a quick ascent, yeah. He was big until people noticed that he was no good. Like, I mean, Paulie Shaw. If if my understanding of this is correct, and I don't profess to, for this to be my specialist subject, but my understanding is that Paulie Shaw. You know, for whatever talents that Paul e. Shaw has, and I know people who are fans of his, um, and I think "Insane" No Man was a pretty funny fan. <laughs> But I was uh, waiting for well, that. I, I saw Bio-dome. Uh, but son-in-law. I think that Paul e. Shaw.
1: Jury um, duty, a lot of in his, the army now. A lot I worked of- in a video store, so I saw quite a lot of Paul e. Shaw movies. Um, I
0: Paul e. Shaw, a lot of his success was predicated on the fact that. His mother, Mitzi Shaw, uh, owned and ran the comedy store, the world famous comedy store. Yeah. And so pretty much every big comedian who got their break in that comedy boom in America had gone through her rooms and owed her a part of their career. And I was I'm of the understanding that the reason he was always doing letterman and stuff like that was because
1: So I've heard that a that, lot
0: of people owed, you know
1: I've heard that too, but I've heard him interviewed. I think it was on uh what the fuck. Yeah. I think it was that, but he was being interviewed, and he was saying that everyone always assumes that that's how he got his start. But his, his argument was that his mother was very strict and wouldn't let anyone just get on stage, and she was dissuading the whole time. So, if anything, he worked harder to kind of get to where he is. Like, he really yeah, himself. Yeah, and I think that is what he would say. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's funny, you have no, like, you're just got based off what you've read and heard. Like, yeah. it's more, you're making just a, a character judgment. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, based on based Adam. on the evidence,
0: <laughs> based on the evidence I've seen of how good he is, it was all because of his mum. Did you see that
1: YouTube video of him getting punched out? There's a YouTube video. I think it's a to years. Is it of him being punched out? Yeah, it's him yeah. doing stand up like at a club in like Texas or something. He's making fun of some redneck guy, and the guy gets up onto stage, and uh, Paulie Shaw starts like backing down, and the guy grabs a mic and punches him in the face and knocks him out. And it was a huge hit, a viral hit, about three years ago. And then it turned out it was staged. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. And that actually made me go, yeah, this guy's kinda of clever. He knew that everyone wanted to see him getting punched out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What would what would get some
0: really big hits on my name? Me getting,
1: me punched, getting punched out. Me getting punched
0: out. Well I don't want I don't want to get punched out, but I think it would be good. So let's arrange that. <laughs> Smart, I suppose. Paulie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have no real fondness, but he could have been like an Adam Sandler. Like If you look at his films, they're not dissimilar in their structure to an Adam Sandler film. Wacky concept, jury duty, in the army now, son-in-law. So yeah. it's like uh, so also, army, army comedy, farm comedy, fucking uh, courtroom drama comedy.
0: Yeah, and it's like, hey, uh, Paulie Shaw, have you met your twin, twin sister, sister, Pauline, Pauline Shaw? <laughs> <laughs> I do want to go and say Jack and Jill. I
1: know. I know. On this show, we seem to be a little bit obsessed by the career of Adam Sandler, but <laughs> it I, is amazing. Like, I want to. I am curious to say. You know what? And we have said this a zillion times, but even his worst films, I kind of enjoy. I actually. They're watchable. Think, I think Little Nicky is really fun, and anger management, I think, is really vastly underrated. Yeah. But I wonder,
0: as an experiment, okay. Say, so, say, so I've got given you these two options.
1: We right? should just create a, a like a a Section of the show called Sandler Time. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the show, we'll just do a 15 yeah. minute conversation. So it's about Sandler. for Sandler Time. Sandler Time.
0: Here's a, your options, right? Because I agree that Adam Sandler is watchable.
1: I agree. I watched that fucking movie Click again the other night. Again. That's where he farts in David Hasselhoff's face. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of the worst
0: films of all time. I, I
1: took Gemma to see that. That was my attempt to win her over to the Adam Sandler party. I couldn't have picked it. worse. That's like fucking like, uh, uh, backing fail at the day he fucking died
0: and it's one of those movies where like the whole moral of the film is like don't wish your life away but <laughs> or you do the whole movie or you do the whole movie is go where do I get one of those controllers that makes me fast forward through to the end of this film so I never have to see it
1: do you like the Adam Sandler formula of every film um, whoever plays his love interest is always, like, hot. Yeah. <laughs> but with a little bit of... Like, with, also with a bit of credibility yeah. as well.
0: It's a great formula.
1: Like, he doesn't just cast someone, like, an entourage extra. He will cast, like, Kate Beckinsdale or Winona Ryder or someone who's kind of hot but still is an actress.
0: Yeah. Although he did cut... It wasn't in... Oh, no, that... What was the film where there was the... um Oh, no, I don't think he was in that film. Was he in it? (laughs) What are you talking about? There was a girl from Survivor. He cast one of the girls from Survivor in one of the films, but it might have been a Rob Schneider one that he starred in. The animal. No, it was Rob Schneider's The Animal. He just produced it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so for Rob, he just gets... You can pick anyone off any reality show you like. (laughs) I'm going to snog on with Winona Ryder.
1: (laughs) And you Uh, get one of the Kardashians.
0: Anyone. Amazing Race, Survivor, <laughs> Biggest Loser,
1: Top Chef—I don't mind. Who's the hottest girl on reality TV? You watch a lot of reality TV. Is there one that you're like, ah, oh, she's awesome?
0: I think that the hottest person—she's not like really a contestant on reality TV—but the hottest person on reality TV is Padma Lakshmi.
1: No, she's in that cooking show.
0: Yeah, Top Chef. She's the yeah, host she of Top is. Chef. What is she? <laughs> <laughs> What are you Padma Lakshmi? <laughs> she sounds like a, a, a delightfully spicy Asian dish, yeah, or a Star Wars character, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure which, um, but yeah, uh, Padma Lakshmi, um, <laughs> I believe is just a, a model with uh, like you know an interesting cooking. Um, she was married. <laughs> this is, I knew, I know two Padma Lakshmi facts. Mm -hmm. And the first one is
1: that Padme Lakshmi... Oh, Padme is a character from Star Wars. Padwa? No, Queen Amidala is Princess Padme. Oh, Padme. I I never quite got that. Why does she have two names? Because she's Queen Amidala and Padme. Uh, For tax purposes. (laughs) One's more like a business name. Well, that's what the whole fucking first, uh, the episode one is a yeah. gigantic film about fucking yeah. interstellar fucking tax rorts yeah. and trade and trade routes. It's
0: essentially their version of the global financial crisis. <laughs> the first one is Wall Street, money never sleeps. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay, so Padma Lakshmi. Yeah. Um, uh, she has a scar on her arm, a very sort of visible and prominent scar that she wears proudly. Yeah, uh, because there was an episode of um, uh, T- Tim Gunn, who's like the guy from uh, Project Runway, oh, the right. American Project Runway. Not he's like ba- this,
1: badass Billy Gunn's no, brother.
0: He's the style guru, okay. and he had this thing where we'd go around and like talk to people about their style. It was like one of those rescue shows, and um, I am literally talking to a woman right now. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim Gunn, um, he would uh, he this girl had a scar, and she wouldn't wear like. Uh, Dresses that didn't have sleeves because of her scar. And he got in Padma Lakshmi to come in and talk about, no. like, hey, I've got a scar. What's her scar from? No. Is that where her adamantium claws pop out? <laughs> no, her parents are wizards. And she, <laughs> she was at Hogwarts and there was this evil wizard.
1: Uh, I'm not really sure what her scar is from. Why? Do, so that's weird. So in that show, she talked about a scar. and didn't say how she got it. Isn't ah, that... It's that, so like okay. blah, blah, blah. Scar, scar, <laughs> scar. So Would you be offended, like... If you had a scar, say a prominent one, would you be offended if people asked about it? Well, it just depends how it happened.
0: Yeah, I, I'd be... I, I think I'd if be you
1: f- got kicked in the face by a gay horse... <laughs> a gay horse? I don't know. Such a homophobe. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, why? I meant
1: happy, dude. Why does it... You're such a modernist. Why does I was it, talking gay as in like happy, the old... Why does it matter <laughs> that the horse is gay? Happy will...
0: Like, you, what sort of brain do you have that you're like, oh, this, oh it's not a bad enough to get kicked in the face with a horse? I guess... a gay horse.
1: I guess I was just trying to test uh, if that would add to your reluctance. I was trying to test your homophobia. I'm Bro. on the cover. Uh, <laughs> if you felt too ashamed to tell maybe you were kicked in the face by a gay horse, that would then uh, suggest that you were a homophobe. Uh, okay. Touche. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> this is like uh, <laughs> Professor X in <and> Magneto. <laughs> For those of you listening, where. Playing chess in a plastic room. <laughs> and Charlie's wearing a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a helmet. <laughs> well, it is a helmet. Anyway. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Padman Lakshmi is not uh Wolverine. No. She right. had,
0: um, so she's got a scar on her arm. And the other thing I know about Padman Lakshmi
1: is that... that you she- love saying a name. You're like George Dunikian <laughs> with an ethnic name.
0: Um with, uh, I'm not even sure if that's how you say her name, but that's how I say her name. Yeah, uh, and because I'm probably never going to meet her, it's probably not going to be an issue. Yeah, Padme Luxa.
1: So Padme, <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't say her name. Padme Lakshmi. <laughs> Is that like that's like a like a really old man who's taking his dentures out, saying like Patricia likes me. <laughs> Alright. Patricia likes me. Padme Lakshmi.
0: <laughs> Come over here, Pad, Padme Lakshmi. <laughs> um, so Padme Lakshmi. <laughs> She. <laughs> she
1: uh, was once married to who, Charlie? Bit of a pop quiz for you. Uh, give me like a, give me a clue. Is it like a, an entertainer? Uh, yeah, certainly. Should we play like uh, who, we'll do? You know, what yeah, we we'll do twenty questions yeah. sort of thing. Well, yeah, like uh, a okay. celebrity head. Yeah. All am right. I a male? <laughs> uh, yes. <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> cool. you are. Um, am I uh, in my thirties? No. Am I in my 40s? No. Am I in my 50s? Possibly. Okay. Am I in entertainment? Yes. Am I in sport? No. (laughs) I don't know why I asked that because you just told me I was in entertainment. (laughs) No, we can be entertaining
0: and Um, sport.
1: Am I a performer? No. Am I a producer? No. Am I a director? No. Am I in the film industry? No. No. I'm in the TV industry. No. Am I in like um, casinos? No. Am I in nightclubs? No. Fashion? No. But I'm in entertainment? Yes. Comedy? No. TV? No. I already said that. Yes.
0: Fucking no. You know um, what I love about this the most is? What? That you've listed pretty much everything you can think of (laughs) that's that's in the world of entertainment apart from
1: the thing that you do. (laughs) Is that what you saying? <laughs> Not pod- she was married to the world's greatest podcaster. <laughs> she, she was married to Mark Maron. And <laughs> An actor? <laughs> no. Producer? Director, no. Director? What, what am I? <laughs> <laughs> I just named the three things I do and you said, didn't you say, yeah. What else do I do? What else do you do, Charlie? Masturbator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she was married. In fact, that's where the scar yeah. came from. <laughs> Um,
1: what do you do? What you, you Write? Were, yes. Write. Writer. <laughs> okay. All right, sure. Okay, uh, she's married to a writer. Yes, she's married to a writer. Do I write novels? Yes. Are they popular novels? Yes. Are they fiction? Yes. Some of these are kind are of... Are they g- about gay vampires? No.
0: Some of these are like, you know, a bit... Am I Salman Rushdie? You are. Ah.
1: Yeah. She was. She was. Does mar- that mean I now have like a, a, a bounty on my head because <laughs> I yeah. just said I am Salman Rushdie? <laughs> the door kicks in. Doesn't he have a fajita on him? What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> what are they called? When you have a <laughs> a fajita.
0: So, Salman, <laughs> I've got some bad news. <laughs> Somebody has put him a fajita on you. The the Mexican food. Yes. Someone has put a fajita on your head.
1: What's it called? It's not a fajita. It's called a... Fatwa. Fatwa. (laughs) 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 That would
0: be terrible if you made that mistake, if you went out for fajitas. I don't often
1: mistake Mexican foods for death warrants. No. Yeah, he did, but I don't think he has it on his head anymore. Well, you can just get a fatwa cleared. Yeah. How do you do that? (laughs) Just in case, we might need to know at some stage. I think when,
0: like, they put one on your head, you get a list of instructions about how you can... Remove your
1: fatwa. A, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, a, what is a fatwa? Well, this is, this is dangerous <laughs> We're going to enter TOFOP fact territory. Um, a, fat, a fatwa is like a death warrant. Yeah? yeah, it is. Anyone who sees this motherfucker's got our permission to just kill him. Yeah. Or is it an order to kill? It's an order to kill. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's a serious thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, he had to go into hiding and stuff. How is that legal? <laughs> it's not. So just say they did enact a hit on
1: him. <laughs> That's how. It's <laughs> no, not legal. So, no, it the they, couldn't,
0: they couldn't go into court after they killed him and went, uh, who, but did, did you not see that we put out a fatwa over it,
1: But it was the Ayatollah who authorised a fatwa, yeah? Yeah. And he was the leader of Iran yeah. at the time. So he authorised. He said, anyone who sees this motherfucker can kill him. Yeah. That's, you know. So... If he had been killed, would that have sparked international action? Yeah, I, I guess it probably would have. Yeah.
0: People weren't into it. No. People were happily hiding him.
1: But you couldn't, like, if...
0: People if, weren't saying,
1: oh, he's behind the couch. If, like, uh, if if some foreign leader said, uh, hey, uh, Will Anderson, yeah. you are now marked. We've told all our people that they can come and kill you. Yeah. You'd expect the Australian government to say, hey, 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 hey. He's one of ours, right? Yeah. So is that what the governments were doing? yeah. They were doing their equivalent of that, which is... bearing the heads. Uh, in the sand. <laughs> We have
0: got you these Groucho Marx moustache and glasses.
1: So he uh, was banging on a real hot chick. Yeah. So he was like when Norman yeah, Mailer was going out to Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. It's like you're because, way too smart for a hot chick.
0: Girls love a fucking dangerous guy. You are. And you are no more, there's no one more dangerous. Fuck your motorcycle. There's no one more dangerous than a guy who's got a fat one on him. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's pretty hot.
1: Yeah. It's really fucking hot. You know who must uh, must have that power, and we've talked about him before. Is uh, Kate Blanchett's what's his name Hobbit Man? Oh, Hobbit Man, yeah. Um, Andrew. Andrew. Whatever. I was at <laughs> I was at the opening of a play about Case Closed a month ago, <laughs> and it's the first time I'd ever been in the presence of Kate Blanchett in the yeah. flesh. And I know we have talked about this before. Yeah. I think this sparked the it's very worth famous lingering on. Kathy Bates conversation, but she. Is honestly one of the most exquisitely beautiful, stunning human beings yeah, stunning. on the planet, but almost otherworldly. And she ra- radiates. You know how the nun in the Blues Brothers like glides? Yeah. Like she seems to glide, and her skin is like flawless. They should just get her to now. Play, I'm the woman. <laughs> they
0: should get her to play aliens in all alien movies, Not th- because she's like a better version of us. Yes. So like, without having to make them glow. Or without having to, she could just come out of a. Like, you know, in V? Yes. How, like, the leader of, like, V was, was always, a, like, this, almost this, like, uber,
1: you know, woman who was in charge yeah, of it. Jane Baddler. Yeah. lives in Melbourne. Is that right? And she was involved in that play. You know, that blowjob story I told at the start of this yeah. show? She was in that play. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all comes full circle. Wow. <laughs> who would have thought? Jane Baddler played Diana on V. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's okay. Kate Blanchett. <laughs> Kate
0: Blanchett has. So. There is a chance that she's eating rats <laughs> with her flip top head. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but she yeah. has that aura about her that she just, like, is of another time, place, and world. Well,
1: you hear about, like... And she's funny. You hear star power, like, people talk about, yeah. you know, someone being a star. Like, you can't take your eyes off her. Like she And she wasn't drawing attention to herself no. she was She opened this play and then, like, they're having drinks and she was just sort of hanging around. But Gemma and I both... Was staring at her with equal kind of awe. Like, she is phenomenal. I was, um... Easiest thing in the world to do would be the agent that signed her or the casting agent that first cast her because it's like, no, no problem. <laughs> would, you play, here. would you be playing it a bit cool? You'd be like,
0: oh, I think yeah. we're... At a night of showcase
1: when all the agents go to yeah. pick their actors. The, yeah. the agents are all like, fucking just like trying to play poker face. Yeah, yeah she's all right. Yeah. Secretly so trying to the Don't think she
0: remembered all the words. Yeah. <laughs> But she's also so smart and so, like, she's just what we could all aspire to be. I saw her one day, um, at a place where I used to have an office, um, and uh, it was a place where people did voiceovers, yeah. for movies. And so, one day I was just there late at night working on some show or whatever, and uh, she was in doing some voiceover for something, yeah, so she was dressed like in a pair of jeans and like the mumsiest knitted woolen jumper you have ever seen in your life with her hair pulled back, you know, in doing voiceovers. And I did but see her passing by and yet I love her till I die. (laughs) Like, she was so beautiful, Charlie. It was like one of those things, like, you know, in a moment, like between when I walked out my door and spotted her coming down the corridor and when she got there, which was about a second, I had time for time to slow down and me to think about every bit of exercise, <laughs> education, witticism that I could have developed to that point, yeah. just so that in that moment she would look at me and be amazed you by me. You know who she
1: is? She's Glory, not Glory. Who is that character in Buffy, the one that... came? Oh, is it? No, it's Angel. That character came in and brainwashed the entire world because she was oh, so charismatic and yeah. and beautiful. Who is that character? You know the one I'm talking about? I don't about. know. Yeah. The chick the, from... Uh, the brother. The chick from the... the, the, the Han Solo show (laughs) I can't put it together what was it it called Firefly yeah the chick in Firefly played this character who was like a god or something and just bewitched the entire world yeah that's right that's what she's like like when you're in the room with her it's just like anything you want to yep I'll I'll kill this person standing next to me please there's no one there I will stand next to somebody
0: (laughs) and I will kill them please ask me to kill someone for you
1: she's just amazing yeah amazing yeah you're right. She's the best of us.
0: Yeah. She is. She is evolution. Mm. She is the reason that monkeys occasionally pat each other on the back and go, we did good. <laughs> At least one of them. <laughs> At least
1: one of them. I heard this. Um, uh, do you, how well do you know your Planet of the Apes Like lore? Oh, uh, okay. Because uh, some. You know in the remake, right? Rise. Yes. Which we saw together. Not to the two of us. Our girlfriends were there. So just mm. shut up. I think you'd see a monkey movie with your mate without it being.
0: I could take. I would. I would take a mate to see the monkey. What movie. What wouldn't you take me to see? Uh,
1: Friends with benefits. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I, I could. I could go see that with a dude. I don't think that'd be so weird. I think it'd be weird if it was like a romantic movie, like The Notebook, or. Uh, or
0: you could go and see Moneyball. <laughs> Brokeback Mountain. I'll go and see Moneyball with you. I'll go and see Jack and Jill with you. Um, I would go and see... Oh, yeah, because that's not gay. The, Aven- the film where a guy just <laughs> is a woman. The Avengers with you? Yes. Um, th- they're all fine films for us to go and see just. Would you
1: see like an indie like drama comedy? Like, would you see Midnight in Paris? No, because it sounds weird.
0: No, no, I'd see Midnight in Paris with you.
1: Why? Well, I Maybe mean can- not with That's you. a kind of a romantic I movie.
0: I'd go and see it with Justin. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> I would. Why I could can't I, say I see Justin. it with you?
0: You can come with it's us. too much sexual tension. But I wouldn't go just with you to say that.
1: Why? I don't know. I think Have Justin, you seen it?
0: Yeah. I think Justin would appreciate it more.
1: Ah. Oh. He likes Woody Allen a lot. You know what? There's actually one just saying, right? Because I, I didn't like it that much. Yeah, I saw the... Did you like it? I thought it was fine. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Like, oh, see, you and I had exactly the same opinion, yeah. but you wouldn't ask me. Well, that's why you're not necessary. We had uh, the same right, opinion. You, you were already cancelled out. Ah, uh, I get it. Yeah. I was getting offended, but I get it.
0: No, um, I... Uh, I, I love Paris. And I know that's not
1: Hilton, we all do do yeah. we all got that D V D, man. Um
0: I know that's not the coolest thing to say in the world, like it's a bit of a cliche, but I think Paris is The city of love, you fucking idiot. <laughs> the most amazing and that whole mythology of that you know, the idea of just banging around with, you know, old drunken riders and stuff, there's a part of my brain that really like Yeah of course loves so that sort romantic. of idea. And I love drinking wine. And eating cheese and fucking girls, having who sex don't with hot wax. French girls, <laughs> like in socks, knee yeah. high socks, yes, and pigtails. yes, with baguettes. Wh- what? I don't know. I have a picture of what it might be like, and it's mostly like that movie Before Sunrise.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> think I. No, not French. Like do, I had, a, I had ju- sex with a German girl once, and that was um, oddly. Very uh, efficient. <laughs> precise. <laughs> well, really precise. But she... Like, you know some... You're talking about like Kate Blanchett sort of being like a superior being. <laughs> For a German, considering what had happened in the last sort of 50 years, she was the epitome of Aerie. Oh, really? <laughs> like, she was tall, blonde, athletic. I think she's studying like... um, She was doing like a double degree in like engineering and philosophy. Like, she was creative but also like an intellectual. It was just... She was a metahuman. <laughs> and well, I guess that's like, I mean, if the Germans
0: saw Kate Blanchett, like imagine if She's Hitler, the perfect
1: woman? Imagine if
0: Hitler had seen her. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like maybe what happened was, and none of us knew this, but Hitler had, had like a had traveled through time.
1: Oi! <laughs> it's been five episodes <laughs> since the last time travel conversation. <laughs> awesome. Okay, hit me with it. So, Hitler, Kate Blanchett, I'm in. Fire up the fucking flux capacitor. Let's get going. (laughs) Now, this is (laughs) tofu. So, okay. Hitler. Yeah. Um, And Hitler as
0: well. (laughs) Hitler has invented. Pretty good. <laughs> it's invented. So you know they had the, the best of um, like you know a lot of the cars that we drive today, the most efficient and you know beautiful cars in the world, were all you know designed for the Germans you know during the war. Um, so uh, the guys of you know, these geniuses you know down at Porsche and whatever have been working on uh, um, time travel, Okay. and they've finally come up with like a machine that can survive time travel. But the unfortunate thing is. That I've realized. What
1: year is it when they come up with a car that can time travel?
0: Um, is it the present day or is it back in... No, 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 no. They've come up with this like while they're working on all those cars and
1: stuff. For okay. war- so it's during World War Two. Yeah. The German scientists. Yeah. Come- okay. you know, they're doing- Porsche it- is an Italian car. That's why I got confused. I oh, no, but yeah, but... Uh, um, it- <laughs> this is the most confusing <laughs> Sorry, no,
0: no. I was trying to... Okay, yeah. No, th- that's, a, that's a fair point. <laughs> It's a Mercedes. Yes. Okay.
1: Mercedes. Yes. mercedes That's Sanders. exactly, that's exactly what I meant It's nine, It's 1939.
0: Okay. mercedes it's 1939. Saunders. Hitler's got like all the, you know, Mercedes, Volkswagen, blah, blah, blah people working on, you know, all the cars and everything that's been developed for the war effort. Then they discover through some of their experiments that they've come up with a... Um,
1: time travel vehicle. A time travel vehicle. Yeah. So basically... What do they call it? The um, Von time traveler... <laughs> That's bad. I couldn't think of one German pun then. The von Schnitzel. The oh god. <laughs> Give me a German cliche, A German pun. Come on. Uh, uh, Liedenhausen? Yeah. The, there's no time travel pun in that. Um, the
0: <laughs> October 2001 fest. <5th. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> All right, but
1: it's 1939. So, all right, they call it the October 2000. Yeah. Oh, the October 2000. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because you know, that was back when 2000 seemed like the future. Yeah, exactly. The October 2000. Yeah. Mercedes, this, all right. Yeah. So if you find a secret files that have been yeah. buried, like in the rubble of some kind of you yeah. know, country in Germany, it's the, the real files of the Nazis. Yeah. The files show that Mercedes scientists designed a car called the October 2000, which was a time travel vehicle. Yeah. Okay. But what they discovered, unfortunately, was
0: that the human body could only survive one journey forward and one journey home. And if you took any more than that, yeah, your body would... Your balls would explode. Your, yeah, your balls would explode. Or your ovaries. Yeah. Uh, so, but... I love the, in, the, English, <laughs> the other way has gone, yeah, yeah, they'll, yeah do. they'll do. They'll do. It's incidental. Something bad would happen, right? <laughs> so they, they've come to Hitler and they've said, look, we've invented this thing and you do have the... You can go to the year 2000 and you can spend two hours in the year 2000 and whatever information you get, like, you know, while you're there, you know, like take that in and you can bring that knowledge back to, you know, here and and we can use that. But you can only do one journey. Yeah. And Hitler's like, well, I can't have other people going into the future, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to take that journey. I'm going to soak up whatever knowledge of the future I can get and then I'm going to come back and we're going to destroy this machine and all the files and no one's ever going to be able to do it again. Okay. 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 So Hitler goes to the year (laughs) 2000. Yeah. He arrives. Yeah. There's a Kate Blanchett movie on.
1: (laughs) Uh, So Oscar and Lucinda probably read about that. So he
0: goes into a cinema. Pushing tin. Because he he assumes that, yeah. So he goes into a cinema because he assumes that this is the place where... Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth.
1: It's Elizabeth. That's what's playing.
0: All right. Beautiful. Okay. So he goes in. Great. He wants to know what happens.
1: So technically it's probably like 97, 98, But anyway. <laughs> okay, <all right. laughs> Human internet. You meant it's hypothetical, so frustrating. All right. So anyway, he's, he's landed at the premiere of
0: Elizabeth. He's gone perfect. I have two hours. This is a historical document of, you know.
1: Who these people are. Who
0: these people are. This is the perfect movie for me to go and see. To kind of learn about what's going to happen in the future and what's happening now. And I'll be able to soak it all up in this environment. So he goes in and he watches Elizabeth, and then he goes back, and that's how the dream of the Aryan race started because <laughs> he liked. Kate Blanchett so let me uh, so much. wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Let me just get this straight. So what you are yeah. suggesting yeah. is that Kate Blanchett yeah. somehow created the yeah. idea of the Aryan race? The perfect woman. He saw because her. Because Adolf Hitler went to the premiere of Elizabeth. Yeah, exactly. and thought I need to create more of those. Yeah, she's amazing. I think you're under What something. what about a
0: future where everyone was as cool as that? Do you know what I mean like if you do you know what I mean like if you had the capacity to go back in time and say who should we make everybody like? It would be Kate Blanchett.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> right? Yep. So yeah, basically you're saying that she So I'm start- saying what I'm you're saying, saying is Kate Blanchett kickstarted the Nazi movement.
0: No, I'm just saying it's hypothetically possible. <laughs> Okay, so they said
1: there's parallel universes. So there's infinite possibilities for infinite worlds. In one of those worlds, Cate Blanchett kickstarted the Nazi movement. But what about Mein Kampf? (laughs) So maybe it had to be when he was at art school. It wasn't the Nazi scientist. Well, that's ridiculous, Charlie. How... (laughs) How is Adolf Hitler, he gets when in, he's at art school, I'll tell going you how. to get involved in a situation where he can travel through time? I'll tell you how. So his best friend attempts suicide while well, he's at art school. And he's, he and his other mate, who haven't caught up for a while, decide they should take him out just to kind of get him over that. So Hitler and his two friends take their nephew and they go into the mountains to this ski resort they used to go to as teens. And that was like where they had like a really awesome time. But when they get there, they find out the resort's all closed down and stuff and the party town they used to know is no longer like that. So they're all complaining on that. And then Hitler goes out and says, oh, well, you know what? The hot tub's on. <laughs> and so Hitler and all his buddies get to the hot tub and then he's transported to the premiere of Elizabeth. <laughs> and that's where he gets the idea. Then he writes Mein Kampf and then the Nazi movement. It's still all Cape Blanchett's fault. Oh. Well, and, and on that note
0: um <laughs> hey, we have a uh, Facebook page uh, the tofop Facebook page we like when you post stuff there it's always really cool and um, uh, Twitter tweet fop is ours and there's like um if you if there was something that you enjoyed from the show like put on Twitter with the hashtag TofopQuotes quotes and
1: and it gets retweeted and stuff that would be cool yeah to fop quotes is one of my favorite things I love it and oh and if you do you, uh, uh, do you keep scrolling in your head how many are quoted to you and how many are quoted to me No, me either. <laughs> but I will say that I have occasionally read a quote because sometimes people will put like a little W at the start and other times I'll put it at the end and I read a really hilarious quote and thought that was awesome and then I got it as a W and I was like, oh. I thought that was mine. I enjoy
0: sometimes when people post jokes that I have made that you've just ignored. Like, so sometimes, like... I will say something and you'll just keep going oh, and, yeah, right yeah, that, yeah. and I'll post that. I'll post Charlie keeps talking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so hashtag to hashtag. So hashtag to quotes. Yeah. And, uh, also- uh,
0: and if you uh, listen on iTunes, um, uh, rank it like, yeah, yeah, yeah I've noticed that. So it's, what's the deal with that? Because, um, apparently the, uh, iTunes algorithm, logarithm, uh, I got Minorhythm. rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> uh rhythm nation uh, the way they do the charts is not just on downloads and the subscriptions but it also
1: has like something that takes into account like ratings and stuff so we did pretty well you know yeah. i was thinking about this and this is not to go into kind of like you know but for a show that is not affiliated with a radio show yeah. we like rank in like the top 10 for comedy yeah we're indie. we're india motherfucker that's so fucking cool though we're big on the indie charts <laughs> like, you know, when they publish well, the indie so, charts? So we're destined for fucking acrimony and poverty. Yeah, But, but like, someone will come along and take our sound. Yeah. 30 years from now, we will have a wildly
0: successful reunion tour. Reunion tour. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, they were actually all right. You know, they influence a lot of people to talk shit. <laughs> um, have you got
1: anything else to plug? No uh, tours or
0: anything? No, nah, that's it, I think.
1: Wow! <laughs> that must be like the first show in like 50 you don't have something to plug. Oh, actually, I do. All right. <laughs> um,
0: if, plug- you're in, if you're in Sydney, um, all this week, I am at the uh, Laugh Garage. Uh, Wednesday through Saturday of this week, I'm at the Laugh Garage. And if you're in the Blue Mountains, I'm playing in the Blue Mountains on Sunday. All the details will be at my website, willanderson.com.au. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>